in five, four, three, two. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Who wants to have some fun? I'm all about having fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh boy, is this great. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our expiles. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Please have a party. Feed us drinks. Get us laid. Wait a minute. There's no birthday party for you here. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird I have to dance twice. <laughs> Those sad tissues or happy tissues? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west. Where real women come equipped with scripts and find a nest in the hills. Chill like Flint, buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp. Then I'm a kid. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, April 7th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see how you can get your MBA from the UofL College of Business in as little as just a year and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Again, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 5.30 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the Milky Way galaxy. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here, back here with Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus. On a Friday, Scoots, is, you, you've almost made it. You're, you're almost done here. Trevor's taking the whole week off. I, I know this is double duty for you. It's been long days, uh, even though we had a short show yesterday. Still long days. You're almost in the clear. Weekend has almost arrived, Scoots. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty excited, although it's been a fun <laughs> week. I mean, I worked very little at the hotel this week. I may, I don't know, I'd have to check with my manager, but I maybe put in 20 hours this week. So that, that's been really, really nice, and I've gotten almost 40 in Radio Land, so it's a normal week for me, hours-wise, but it's just a little bit of a shift in terms of working more radio hours, which I'm a big fan of. Just inverted. So it's typically yeah. on a normal week, you work a, like a standard 40-hour work week at the hotel. No. No? No. It's about, uh, here in the last two, three months, it's been only 28, 30 hours a week. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm putting in 28 to 30 at the radio station every week. So, so. It's, it, it's almost half and half. Yeah. With you both. That, that's, yeah. It's a lot of work, though. It is. That's a lot. I'm never home, which that does it's suck. okay. Yeah, that does suck. I don't. I don't have kids or anything, so it's all good. Yeah, it, that that does change things. I, I look back now and I'm like, because I we've been doing a lot of, and we'll do it today too, because tomorrow is the 10 year anniversary of the uh, Louisville winning the 2013 national championship. Nice. So we'll we'll do some some remembering today, some trips down memory lane. I've been doing it a little bit, but I was going back and looking at all the stuff that I was like used to do. And this is before I had a full-time radio job and, and just like the constant writing and you know, doing two jobs there and you know, getting all this stuff. I'm like, how did I ever do I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't have kids. It, it would be a lot easier to go home and like just continue to work after radio, which I used to have to do back in the day, if it was just Mary that I'm neglecting. But it's, it, you know, it's, when it's two small human beings, it's a little bit different. Case in point, uh, yesterday after the radio show, we go home. We, we did Easter Bunny yesterday. 
Nice. Uh, last night. And I think I, I said on the show how it was going to go, which was Virginia will be fine, and John will, will freak out. He's not going to like it. John is – I did an Instagram post like last uh, – after Valentine's Day of him freaking out at every single holiday. Like we're trying to do a photo of him and his sister in matching heart pajamas, and he's screaming and holding his arms out to be held. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus, screaming and holding his arms out to be held, wearing the skeleton pajamas at Halloween – to match his his cousin and his sister, screaming to hold his arms out to be held. Thanksgiving Day, I'm wearing my lion stuff. We're watching the game. He's crying. He's just he's not a holiday kid. And so well, sure, were, it's probably because you were wearing lions. Well, I know. I, I know. I, I, every single year, people are like he doesn't have. You don't have to do this to him. <laughs> he's got time to choose. He'll when he comes of age, he can choose whether or not he wants to be a lions fan. But for now, he's locked in. So last night we do the Easter Bunny, and we so we go to Cabela's for the Easter Bunny, which is, is this is like a, a parent hack. It's a hidden gem for for Easter Bunny and for Santa Claus because you wouldn't think Cabela's for holiday greetings or anything. You know, you walk in there and just guns everywhere and bows and arrows everywhere and forerunner and like all and like, you know, it, people are either there to take their kids, they're all dressed up in Easter Bunny, or they're there for like hunting rifles and, and stuff like that, and they're wearing <laughs> camo. It's just it's a very eclectic mix of people there. Now is this the one off Brownsboro? This is, yeah, the one okay. off Brownsboro out there. It's up where my parents live a little. Is bit. that the only Cabela's in Louisville? I think so. Okay. I remember when it was the, the grand opening. I actually know a guy who like shot a bow and arrow at the ribbon cutting ceremony. He's like a professional archer or whatever. Nice. And like he like he shot like a, an arrow to break the ribbon for when Cabela's opened a few years ago, which is pretty cool. But so we we go there and like it's you know, the mall if you want to go there, they charge you a ridiculous amount. The lines are terrible. Cabela's you have to get slotted like six six thirty five thirty something along those lines, and then but you get the but it's free. And so this is it, it, the lines aren't as long. The deals are great. Like it's it works out well, and so we wait. Of course, we get there right as the Easter Bunny is taking like a fifteen minute break. So the kids are just <laughs> running around, but we're in line. It's it's going fine. We get up there. Virginia is totally fine. She's she's all about the Easter Bunny now. John and my wife has the best string of pictures. So she gets up there. We do the thing where like they take the official picture, but we're snapping like hundreds of pictures in, in between. Sure. And so she has the full sequence where he we sit him down next to the Easter Bunny. He leans his head back. Looks up at the Easter Bunny, is like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> Grabs, takes the East, forcibly by himself, takes the Easter Bunny's arm, pulls it back over his shoulder. This is all like in sequence of all these pictures. Hops down on his own, starts sprinting towards me, <laughs> pointing his finger at me, looking like he wants to whip my ass for making him do this. Like he's furious. And so then we're like, all right, we'll, we'll try one more time. We put him back down. We put him on the Easter Bunny's lap this time. And then we get the classic John pose where he's screaming and holding his arms out to be held. Uh, but we got—I think we—I think before he realized what was happening, we snapped like one semi-good one of them where they look like okay. But the official Cabela's post picture that they give you for free from the official photographer is just our daughter by, by herself with Easter Bunny, looking very happy as John is is being held and, and ready to go home. In his defense, the Easter Bunny is pretty creepy. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's it's horrible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, the Santa Claus is creepy enough because it's just a big fat guy with a white beard. But the Easter Bunny, something about it and being a kid, like anytime you think of a bunny or a rabbit it's small like you're way bigger even as a child than a bunny or a rabbit and then you go into the store and you see a massive one it's pretty creepy i don't know how we got there with the easter bunny too or like i don't know how yeah i feel like we let this thing get out of control like it was just a small thing and then it just blossomed up to like because you, you're inevitably kids are invariably going to compare the easter bunny to santa claus and santa at least like it there's a backstory there you you can yeah. you can make that work like it, it's a 
it's a magical person. There, there's elements of fairy tales there. You've got elves up there. It's in a land that you can never reach. The Easter Bunny, like I, we, we're at the age now where we're having to start answering questions. And Virginia had questions yesterday when we're going there because she had seen the Easter Bunny at the mall <laughs> a, a, a couple of days earlier. And so she's like, the Easter Bunny's at the mall. This this is not the mall. And we're like, well, they're, we, we hadn't really ironed our story out. So, <laughs> so Mary's like, there's most, I went with what I was told growing up, which is, the ones that you go see at the mall and Cabela's or wherever, they're they're helpers, right? Like they're, they're helpers. They work with the Easter Bunny. They work with Santa Claus. Do you tell her the same with Santa Claus? Yes. I mean, that's, okay. that's she hasn't really gotten there yet. Like she, Santa seems, she buys Santa more. There's fewer gotcha. questions. Of course, she's older. I mean, kids, they change in like three weeks. They, they go from like one existence to another. Like sure. she wasn't asking questions three months ago and now she's asking a ton of questions. So I was like, yeah, it's like it's you know, it's not, not the real Easter Bunny, it's the helper, and she kind of bought that, but still, like, I, I remember, I, I still remember like being a kid and, and having a lot of questions about the Easter Bunny. Once I kind of got a little bit older, even when I was like still fully in on, you know, the, the, the I don't want to say too much if we get kids listening, but you know, I was, <laughs> I, I had questions, and like I was like, it, understandably so, it's a gigantic bunny that visits your house and leaves bleep outside of your yard uh, once a year. It just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it is terrifying. Although my mom showed me some pictures of me when they took me to see the Easter Bunny back in the day. And it has come a long way. It's still horrifying. But early 90s Easter Bunny is just nightmare fuel. It, it, it was horrible. It was terrifying. I don't know what, what parents were doing, but there it is. I mean, it is Easter weekend if we want to break down the origin of how we got to the Easter Bunny. I guess we could look it up. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. You, you got the eggs that you hide. Eggs aren't really synonymous with bunnies. None of us make so, sense. So, yeah. None of it makes uh, sense. I don't get it. Were the, the Kalen's big Easter family growing up? Uh, Yeah. I've got a big... I grew up in a big Catholic family. So. You guys do hunts and, and all that um, stuff? So, my grandparents actually have 330 acres. Okay. And uh, over in southern Indiana. And my grandpa, every year, him and my grandma would go out and hide... Oh, man. I want to say 150, 200 eggs. And he would have a, a map laid out of his property. That's awesome. And he would literally mark on the map where he hid all these eggs. Because inevitably, every single year, there was going to be two, three, maybe four that weren't found. Sure. You'd think that might not be a big deal. But <laughs> each one of these eggs had a number in it, which went with a lottery ticket. Oh. So if we had three, four eggs that weren't found, we had to go back to the map and find where those eggs were because there's, I mean, potentially big money on the line. Oh, so awesome. every one of these eggs had a lot, were associated with a lottery number. We would buy $1 all the way up to the $20, $30 tickets. Like it was, it was awesome. And you know, we've done that every holiday since I've grown up, whether it be Easter or big lottery ticket family on Christmas. And we have never won anything over a hundred dollars. Isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy. I mean, and I, I don't have a small family. Like, my dad has seven brothers and sisters. I have 23 younger cousins, first cousins. So it, there's a bunch of us when we gather around, and we have never won anything big. It's now, crazy. Is this, for people listening who don't know, like, you won the lottery back Correct. in the day. Yep. And, and it was a non-small sum of money. Like, 250 250 yeah. is very... It was nice. That'll help. Yeah. That, that's nice. <laughs> Is this because you played the lottery so much growing up? Like, like is is that potentially? Yeah, I mean, I I, I do have a I do have the belief that you kind of morph into the environment that you grew up in, and potentially, yeah, that's that's part of it. I, I mean, I my whole life, my family gambled on lottery tickets, so potentially, yeah. Now, do you think the two fifty one 
do you think your winnings outweigh what you've spent on lottery tickets for your life? Uh, surely to God, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just make absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Just now, sure. if you want to take my family as a whole, absolutely <laughs> not. No question. But we used to do like when, when I was younger, like really young. I remember my. It's always weird to, to, to phrase things like this. There, there's a great. If you ever watched the John Mulaney sack lunch bunch, there's a great. It was basically like kids singing songs. There's one where it's like Grandma's got a boyfriend and his name is Paul. Uh, like my grandma growing up had a had a boyfriend and. He was, his name was Dan. We called him Grand Dan, which in hindsight, I don't know why we, <laughs> why, why we did. We didn't know what to call him. Like, she wasn't going, it, it wasn't Grandpa. That's perfect. Grand Dan. Grand Dan. We loved Grand Dan. Uh, you know, we weren't, you know, you don't want to put pressure on on Grandma to get married, right? Like, you, you know, you don't want to, so, you know, it, it, but it was weird. Like, you, you know, you don't want to, it, it would it would have been strange for like a four-year-old boy to be calling this like 70-year-old man, like, hey, Dan. Like, I, you know, I, <laughs> But he doesn't have a title, so he was always at, at family holidays and stuff. But Grand Dan had a had a very large farm, like you guys. And so for Easter, we would go there for a few years when I was very young. And they we definitely did like the huge like scramble all over the place. And, and the eggs sometimes had money. Like it was sometimes candy, it was sometimes money. And I would get in the habit of just like shaking it. And like if it had, if you could hear it rattle, you're like, oh, okay, it's it's candy, that's cool. But if you didn't hear anything, like you knew it was bills, and that was a that was a big deal. And then when when we got a little bit older, uh, we just did it at my my parents' house. But my my mom could never, my mom was big on holidays, so my sister and I would each have like our own room to hunt for like inside, and then we would have like the, the eggs outside, which was always kind of like the, the lesser show. It's supposed to be the big one out the show, but like. We got like toys and stuff in the, in the inside, so like that was cool. But Easter was a big deal. We always enjoyed it. And this year, this year we're um, it, it's a hectic weekend because we've had it's been spring break for the kiddos, and we felt bad because you know, Virginia and her cousin are basically sisters. Like her her cousin's at our house every day after school. Um, she gets watched there. Like we we yeah we we love Audrey, but they Audrey got to go to Disney World this year for Whoa. spring break. Yeah, and we because I had to cover the Final Four for work. And because John's just too little, I mean, he's one, like we, we weren't able to go. And so we felt, we know there's going to be a whole lot of like Disney jealousy and, and Disney. So we've tried to make this week as we try to do as much as possible for Virginia. We did the, the science center early this week and we've seen the Easter bunny. We're going, I'm going from here radio later tonight to Disney on ice. We're doing that for nice. a second straight year. And then tomorrow we go to Mary's hometown, Springfield for Easter. And then we'll come back and we'll do Easter Sunday with my family. It's a lot. There's a lot going on here, and we're trying to pace ourselves, but I'm already kind of feeling myself hitting a wall, and it's just going to be like, Ugh. Where is Mary's hometown? Springfield is about an hour and 15 minutes south of here in Central oh, that's Kentucky. Not bad. It's like, if you know where Bardstown is, it's like yeah. 15 minutes past that. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it's not it's not terrible. It's, now, when you go to the Disney on ice, is it cold in there? It is. Okay. It's, it's like going to a hockey game, basically. Gotcha. Uh, we went last year uh, for the first time, and she, she loved it. And this was... She loved it, even though she basically just knew like the primary Disney characters. Like she knew she's she's there for Mickey, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, like that that crew. And they're only out there for a limited period of time. And then they do basically like each kind of Disney movie has like a dance out there. Like you know, all these people come out. It, it is it's super impressive. Um, there's like a Toy Story one, and there's a you know, Moana one, and some movies that I don't even know. Is it set up like a hockey rink where yeah. the ice is in the middle? Yeah, okay. exactly. It, it's they, they they blanket off like the far left corner of the the Yum Center, but everything else is it's set up just like yeah, like you're you're attending a hockey game basically. Um, and she was super into it. And now, like a year later, she's watched more Disney movies. She's watched. She's big into Frozen right now. We've entered the Frozen era. She knows. Like, she's seen Lion King. She knows about the princess. She knows. Rapunzel she's kind of so I think she'll be more into it this year but last year 
Like they came out, and at first it was like just normal people kind of skating around, and then there were some characters you you, you didn't know, and she could tell that I, I could tell that she was into it. But then when when Minnie made her entrance, it was like I mean I don't even it, it was like the second coming. It, it was like a holy person seeing Jesus coming back to earth. Like she just lit up. It was incredible. And uh, she she really enjoyed herself, so we're excited about that tonight. Well, I say we like she she's excited about that tonight. It'll be it'll be fine. We'll have a good time. I just hope I told the story on the radio last year. Like there was a person, there was like a couple in front of me, and I'm not here to judge. If you are, they probably were forty somethings, maybe early fifty somethings, like on a date. Maybe their husband and wife. I don't think that they they seemed like they were on a date. And this is how they chose to spend like Friday night is, is Disney on ice as, as an adult couple, which is fine. But this guy is, like, giving me the evil eye as his, his arm is, like, fully around this woman, like, just, just claiming her, being like, hey, just so you know, like, I might be having sex. <laughs> like, his, his arm's fully around this woman, kind of to the point where it's, like, draping over the chair. And, like, my daughter's here and, like, a bunch of other kids are, are here and they're, they're all, like, dancing in the aisle. So, like, he's getting hit a little bit on his arm and he's kind of, like, turning around and looking at me like, what, what the hell, man? And I'm like, dude... <laughs> It's it's bleeping Disney on ice. Like you know, I'm getting I'm getting thumped by all the the kids behind me. They're just like straight up kicking my chair, and I'm fine with it. You've got your arm draped back in the row behind you. Like, what are you trying to do here? And that was the that was the only thing where I was kind of like, am I gonna have to fight a guy at Disney on ice? He keeps looking at me. I'm like, what do you expect? I, I, it's cool that you're on a date. That's fine. But there are going to be kids here. They're going to be falling down. They're going to be loud. They're going to be doing stuff. Like, you have to know that that's what you're getting yourself into. Right. Maybe go to your local adult establishment. If you yeah. don't want to deal with kids. Go to a movie. Yeah. If, 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 if this is part of you, like, I'm sorry. Or go sit at the very top. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is... This is ridiculous. By the way, you brought up Moana. Did you hear they're doing a live remake? I did not know that. The Rock. The Rock is going to play. That's right. Is going to play the main guy again, and then the girl that played Moana is also going to play herself. Okay, pretty I've, cool. I've never really seen. I've seen like the songs sometimes. I don't think it's one of the ones that we haven't been able to sit all the way through. Mm, Moana's great. I like the songs that, that the, I know. the the whole concept of the movie is great. It's one of the better better made Disney movies in the last ten. 15 years or so. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. We're going to have to watch it sometime soon. But the, the dance is very cool. I know that when they do it. They also do the the Encanto one is very cool, which I thought she might be scared because it's a lot of, like, Day of the Dead themes. Yeah. Like, these big skeletons come out. Yeah. Like, but she was super into it last year. Virginia's kind of like... Kids seem to love Encanto. She's big into, like, Halloween stuff, although she's gotten a little bit more nervous as she's gotten older. But she was she was into it last year. Like she wanted to watch that skeleton movie when we got home. Wait till she can watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm excited for it. I think she's going to be a big like she's big into Halloween. Like she was she had a huge Nightmare Before Christmas phase that just ended, where she was like obsessed with Jack Skellington and Sally. And it, is someone who's your daughter's age, is the whole horror movie thing is, is this, at this point when they get to the point where they can watch those movies. Is it too daunting? Like the Halloween series, she's not going to watch the Halloween series. I mean, there's, what, 12, 13 of those? You know what I mean? Like, are, are kids right. her age going to go back and watch those classics or no? Yeah, I mean, when we Freddy vs. Jason, all those. Maybe, I feel like it's going to be a deal where they just watch the, the original. And then maybe if they like them, they'll get into it. But it, you're right, like, we didn't have, when you and I, when we were growing up, if there were already established sil a series out there, it was like a trilogy. Mm -hmm. You didn't have that much to, like, I mean, when I, when I, Star Wars was three three movies, right? Mm -hmm. Easy to watch. And now, like, if you want to start watching all the Star Wars, it's nine movies. Oh, I've never seen a minute of any of them, and I won't do it because I haven't seen any of them. I've only seen the the, the original three. I've seen parts of the, um, I guess, episode one, which came out when I was, like, in eighth grade. And I just, yeah, it wasn't good. So I, I think I built I do want to eventually see them because I really did like the original three Star Wars. But I just, 
Like, yeah, I mean, if you want, if imagine getting into Fast and Furious movies right now. Mm-hmm. You've got, yeah, oh my gosh. It's like three months of your year yeah. watching just Fast and Furious movies. I don't, I mean, I don't know how you do it. Um, we've got, we, we have actual things to get to today. We, 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 I promise. Damn it. So, I know. Well, you know, we'll, we'll keep it light. <laughs> it's Friday. We'll, we'll keep it light as well. But we've got uh, men's basketball, Louisville men's basketball, more recruiting targets uh, establishing themselves. We also found out where Kenny Payne uh, has been this week, what he's been up to. And there are significant thoughts out there amongst the fan base about how exactly he's spending his time. Uh, we will do some remembering stuff from the 2013 National Championship game. Again, the anniversary, the 10-year anniversary is tomorrow. Uh, we've got, we'll have some Masters updates. we got Louisville Baseball getting back in the win column with a huge victory over Boston College to kick off that series last night. And then we're going to hear from you on the Thornton Sex Line, as always, at 502 502- 414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. A reminder, uh, Thornton's is hooking you up with 32-ounce fountain drinks for just 89 cents for a limited time. 32-ounce drink for less than a buck. You're not going to be able to beat that. Uh, that's why Thornton's is the best, and that's why there's 85,612 of them here in this area. They know what they're doing, and it's why they got the best app, the Refreshing Rewards app. Download that bad boy, save yourself some money at the pump, save yourself some money inside, and then text us at 502-414-1450. Um, Let's start with this, because I do think this is interesting. Joe Tipton, again, Tipton, I don't know how he just, he, he's he's built a machine for himself. <laughs> Props to him. Uh, he announced earlier today that L. Ellis has heard from the following schools since entering the transfer portal yesterday. Arkansas, of course. There's not a list that does not feature Arkansas <laughs> at this point. It's unbelievable. Uh, Pitt, NC State, who we've heard a lot about, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Creighton, Oregon, Florida, Georgia, Rutgers, Florida State, Seton Hall, Ohio State, UCF, and Clemson. I love that Clemson's on this list just because if you remember correctly, Louisville beat Clemson by 10 points, and much was made of the fact that L. Ellis put down a 360 dunk in the final seconds, which drew the ire of the Clemson players, drew the ire of head coach Brad Brownell, led to some apologies from the UofL staff, and I guess Brownell just didn't care that much about it because at the end of the day, he's like, hey, he can get buckets. We need some bucket getters. Come play for us. Dunk on Louisville with a 360 finish. But out of these, it looks like about 15 schools that have reached out to Ellis. Five of them are from the ACC. There's a solid chance that Louisville is facing Ellis next season. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, It'll be interesting. I mean, you've got a lot of fans that are saying, you have, whenever a player leaves, you're going to have a number of different reactions. You've got some people who are genuinely wishing him well. You've got some people who are saying, thanks, but no thanks. You know, we're glad to see you go. And you got other fans who are like, hope he does well, but this is probably addition by subtraction. I wonder how everyone, like, it's going to be a bitter pill to swallow if we're sitting here saying we're going to be better without L. Ellis if he goes to NC State or Florida State or something and just lights us up next year. Like that would be, that would be tough. That would, that would be, it would be like what would have, how it would have felt if you were a Kentucky fan and Bryce Hopkins had gone off in that NCAA tournament game. Um, but thankfully for them, he, he didn't. Yeah, they, they clearly made the right move there, it seems like. But this is – it's an interesting list for LLs. Excuse Two things. Um, if Clemson needs scoring, they've already gotten a little bit of that. I don't know if you heard about Jake Hydebreeder. He's a local product from Floyd Central. He's going from Air Force to Clemson. He was okay. Air Force leading scorer the last two years. So there, he'll be going into Clemson. Um, and second thing is, isn't it crazy how often we see interconference transfers now? Yes. Yeah. Whereas back in the day well, – uh, not to sound like an old man, because I'm I'm not, but 10, 15 years ago, we didn't see people transfer within the conference. And I, I low-key kind of hate that. 
they used to have rules against it. I mean, every oh, okay, is that what it was? Yeah, every conference used to have this interconference rule. And if you wanted to go, it would happen, but you would have to get like a waiver specifically from the school gotcha. of the conference. Okay. And so you didn't see it a whole lot. And then I think it got to a point where people were like, this is, you know, if we're saying they can transfer wherever they want without ramifications, like you can't really do that. Like yeah. if they, if they want, if any of these players want to take this to a legal court, they're going to win. And so you saw, I think there was, there was one conference holdout. It was like the Big South. Like last year was like we we're not we're not allowing it we can't do it oh, okay and they finally just they buckled so you are seeing it more and more and I guess it makes sense when like I, I saw Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster tweeting about their, their sources that are coaches talking about how it's just impossible to navigate the transfer portal right now it's completely out of control and I guess this makes it a little bit easier you don't have to watch film like if you right. if you coached against LLS you know how good he is I think we see this firsthand on the women's side. Jeff Waltz has made a living out of taking the best players from other ACC programs and just bringing them to Louisville. Or even from a player perspective, like you, you're going to have to do way less work if you're going, say Hunter Dickinson goes from Michigan to Maryland. He's not going to have to watch near as much film because sure. he's very familiar with everybody within the Big Ten. You know the coaches. You, I mean, you have yeah. conversations with coaches after games. You know what to expect night in exactly. and night out. Exactly. I think a lot of times, too, you know the players. You get to hear about how practice goes. Like, yeah, he's a cool coach. Like, he's kind of a players coach. Like, mm -hmm. You have an idea of where you want to go. And it's why I think there were rumblings immediately when LLS entered the transfer portal yesterday that people had heard that he was going to go to NC State. Now, he is a – he's from that area. Um he apparently has a good working relationship with Kevin Keats on some level. So if that does wind up happening, you can you, you can see why. But You know the one thing I hate about recruiting and even like re-recruiting through the transfer portal is the phrase you just said. He's from that area. Yeah. I know we hear it all the time. If he was from that area and wanted to stay in that area, don't you think he would have stayed in that area? Yeah. But I, I mean we do we've heard it with Caleb Love. Once he's trying to get closer to home, but it's like why didn't you just do that from the jump? Well, I think the issue is he wasn't good enough to play at those schools. Like he wasn't offered scholarships by them. Like think about like, like a player like Dwayne Sutton here, who had one scholarship, two scholarship offers coming out of high school, was not recruited by any of the local schools. Grew up wanting to play at Louisville, goes to UNC Asheville, proves that he's kind of a, like a ACC caliber player, and then comes back home. We've had a couple of those guys over the years. I think that's probably the case with Ellis. I mean, you know, he talked about when he committed here out of uh, out of junior college. He was so like one of the big selling points was getting a chance to play in the ACC because he kind of wanted to put it on those schools from his hometown that didn't recruit him coming out of high school, where that didn't think he was good enough. And so now he's like, I mean, I am good enough. Let me go play for one of them. Where did he play Juco? He played, he wasn't John Logan because that's where all the big schools, I want to say it was like Tallahassee Community College. Oh, so like. not close to home. I, yeah, I don't think so. I think he ended up going because I don't think they have junior college hoops in, in, in North Carolina. Should have went and played for John Mosley. He should have, Elac, tearing it up. <laughs> uh, I saw TD, Tallahassee Community College is where Ellis went to. Um, I saw, I just said Elac lost in the, the Final Four this year. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I was kind of following because the, there's no series this year, so yeah. I'm not waiting. I'm not trying to like hide information. I was, I was briefly keeping up with Coach Rob. And I, 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 saw I, I fell behind school, on that yeah. too. Yeah, I think they didn't have a great year. They they had a better year than they had the year before, but they did not make the like, the the playoffs. I did see that none of the players. Hardly any of the players that went to bigger schools got any playing time. I they, did they keep didn't. up with them a little bit. Which is why, and on, on a serious note to tie it back into something Louisville-related, it's it's part of the reason why I have such a weird fascination with what Karan Davis is going to be. because So Davis plays in that California Junior College League. Okay. And he, he put up solid numbers, but he is not as well-regarded as these kids that have been on, on, on ELAC. Like ELAC is the, the creme de la creme there. 
and they played Elac this he year. Who did he play for? He it was some other Los Angeles school. Like they played Elac this season and got pasted. West LA. No, no, he's not good. His school is on a like a tier below. Oh, okay. Like they were in the playoffs. They would have if they had won their first round game. They were like the 19 seed. They would have played Elac in the second round, but they got beat. So you see him. Like, he is not nearly as well regarded as these players who are coming out of East LA. And like you said, you look at where these these Elac players. When you're watching the show, you're like, damn, he can play a little bit. And then you see like, oh, he went to you know Long Beach State mm-hmm. and averaged. 10 minutes per game, and he was like the best player in this entire state. Uh, I think the best college. one, that the big guy, went to Grambling State. Yeah, for, the kid from LSU. Yeah. yeah, they seemed like they had more talent in the first season because mm-hmm. they had the KJ uh, Johnson kid mm-hmm. who ended up going, he was committed to USC, went to Texas Tech. But even him, like he was a bench player this year for the worst team in the Big 12. Like he, he was a, he played solid minutes. It was like 15 to 20 minutes per game, but he's like a superstar in that league. Mm-hmm. So unless Karan Davis is just a total outlier, like he's supposed to be not as good as these kids that are going to like, you know, Division two schools or low majors and not starting for those low majors. And that's why I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. But they see something in him. We'll see what happens. Here's hoping because as of right now, like he's, he's gonna have to play big time minutes in this backcourt unless Louisville can land uh, some some high caliber guards moving forward, which. We're going to talk about it after the break. There's a new name in the transfer portal that is, has been targeted by Louisville. I will also talk about Kenny Payne, what he's been up to this week, what you think about it. Keep it locked. More Mike Rutherford Show coming up next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise Welcome back in the show. Happy weekend to you. Happy uh, holiday weekend to those who observe. It's a, even if it's not Easter that you observe, it's Master's weekend. It's a great weekend for dad naps. Uh, good long dinners, uh, just great food, chilling on the couch, watching golf. Speaking of the Masters, quick update. We got Brooks Kepka, 12 under par, finished this round, got a little bit lucky, missed the weather. Uh, play has been suspended at Augusta National. But you've got this, uh, I mean, you've got kind of a, a crazy story brewing here. One, Kepka, who's been out of form for the last couple of years, now playing lights out golf and being 12 under through two rounds is certainly a story. But right now in second place is Sam Bennett, a- an amateur. Who Incredible. It's an unreal story. Incredible. Like I'm here's the thing though. Watching it, like I think this is an awesome story. I want to be like all in. Watching him, I feel like I would kind of not like him in real life. Like just, just watching this kid, I'm like, I'm like, he seems like kind of a like like I don't know. Like like somebody that I would not get along with. Really? But I'm rooting for him. I mean, it's an amateur who played I mean, he started off, he was paired with Scotty Scheffler, who's the best golfer in, in the world right now. He's eight under par. He, I mean, we'll see how how Rom finishes whenever they can suspend play. But like, he's going to potentially be paired with Brooks Kepka in the final pairing on Saturday, uh, if that's the way it shakes out. This is an unreal story. See, I watched him yesterday, and I really enjoyed his play. And then I was watching him a little earlier today as well, and I, I just like the guy. And you do. It, 
you had you had Scheffler come out and gave him positive affirmation, mm-hmm. like he's a good kid, blah blah blah. So that I think maybe helped me like him a little more. But yeah, I'm rooting for him. He is he has hit some damn good shots the he last two days. Yeah, it might just be like the the weird chin facial hair. I don't know. I, I don't know. What's I mean, he's me young, off. Mike. Come on. I know. We all did stupid things. Yeah, I did like that he threw in a dip like at Amen Corner no, today. No, he did yeah, not. He did. Like, he like hit a <laughs> hit a great shot. Threw in a little bit of a heater and then like was was ready to putt for eagle. Like he looked, uh, he's definitely not looking like he's That's buckling hilarious. under the pressure. He's he's certainly something. I didn't know they could do nicotine when they were out there. I don't think you're supposed to. I think that that's he against, just didn't care. I think that's against one of the eight thousand Augusta national rules. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was he was having a good time out there. I, I've also never seen Scheffler so flustered. Like he, oh, he looked awful. He never shows emotion like he, he did doesn't. Today. No. And you could tell he was super super frustrated. Now one under par. Uh, as he finishes his second round. You know, I was thinking about it earlier is so you had Scheffler and Kepka on the same episode of Full Swing. Yes. They're almost the exact opposite. The first two days through this match. Totally right. Like Scheffler looks like Kepka and has the kind of Kepka attitude. Kepka's Mr. Calm Cool collected and playing really good golf. It's been really weird. It, it that is super weird. We actually watched last night just to like get the right master's mindset and my wife hadn't seen it the the, the Tony Finau episode from that. Now she's in love with Tony Finau. She's like, she's like, I'm rooting for him for every tournament. Which it is a cool story. A guy kind of sacrificing his own Finau. game yeah. for uh, for his family and all, all that stuff. It was cool because he's kind of juxtaposed with Colin Morikawa, who's seen as this thing. You've got like golf has to be everything. He's complaining about like the little bit of the way his golf glove fits on his his hand around his thumb, like all this stuff. Whereas Tony Finau is like. I grew up learning to play golf by hitting golf balls into a mattress. Like my family was dirt poor, and now I'm traveling around the world with my family because my wife, uh, her, her dad died, and she's, you know, she's, she's. I don't want her to grieve alone. Like all this stuff. It was. I did kind of feel bad for Colin because Colin doesn't come off as a bad guy, but they do kind of try to make it seem like this is the the yin and the yang of of, of professional golf. Like Finau's do is sacrificing his game for the betterment of other people was Morikawa. Like, you've got to be selfish to be one of the best in the world. And he's this Tiger Woods-esque machine, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, you know, he's also, he's 25 years old. Like, like he's not, it's not like he's doing this at 40 and neglecting his family at home. Like, he's he's a young guy. Is there anybody that you actively just hate in golf? Um, Patrick Reed. Okay, he doesn't count because everybody hates him. Yeah, Bubba Watson, I'm not a fan of. Okay. Um. On a, per- how about this PG, on a, PGA guys? On a personal note, Jim Furyk went out of his way to avoid an autograph for me at the, <laughs> at the PGA. I've held it against him my entire life. Like literally, like walked around a tree to avoid me. And his caddy was Fluff at the time. Remember Fluff? He was Tiger's caddy for a brief moment yeah. and then became mm-hmm. Fluff. He came over and signed autographs for us. Like I'm like, like if your caddy could come over and talk to us. So I've hated Jim Furyk for my entire life because of that. Um, I didn't. Uh, I still don't care for Brooks that much. He's. I know he's a live guy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of. My point is, is just I feel like golf as a whole is is in the best spot it's been, and we've been saying that for years. But it, it's got, in terms of personalities, likable guys, like guys that just public can attach themselves yeah. to and just be a fan of. It's it's in such a great spot. I legit think everybody I don't like on tour ended up going to live. Like, because I'm yeah. not. A, I'm not a Phil guy. I was yeah. never a Phil guy. Um, he's playing pretty good. He he is playing well. I mean, he's he, he's looked good. Um, I can't think of anybody else that I just actively dislike. Uh, I picked Seb Straka one time and he sucked. So that, that kind of I felt bad. Well, I might hate him now after that AI voice. 
Oh God! It, it did. The, Sep the, Strucka Sep from Strucka. the Pine Straw. One hundred and twenty-eight. God. Yeah, it, it did. It it kind of ruined him. That wasn't wasn't fair to him, but it's true. All right, let's talk uh, real quickly. We mentioned new target for Louisville in the transfer portal. Uh, Hunter Salas, who's a six foot five guard from Gonzaga, uh, played two years with the Zags. Was kind of stuck behind. I, I think he got sort of a raw deal. He went to Gonzaga thinking that that Nemhard and, and some of the guys who ended Strother and some of the guys who were were going to bounce. Um, and ended up coming back. He thought he was going to step into that role as a sophomore, and it didn't happen. Played limited minutes, averaged four and a half points per game. He does fit the Kenny Payne mold of the guards that he liked. He's six foot five. He's big. Um, he's he's not a traditional point guard. I don't think that's not his role. He's again more of a combo guard. And we haven't seen a whole lot out of him. He came in with relatively high expectations at Gonzaga. I think he's a guy that can help you out for sure. And there's no shortage of teams that are after him. In addition to Louisville, I mean, you've got a bunch of top names in the sport who've reached out to to, to, to Salas, uh, including I mean, Creighton, who loves guards, um, San Diego State, who's coming off of a national championship game appearance, St. John's, Arizona, Michigan, Georgia Tech. Um, so Arizona State, Cal. So you will have competition here, but it's nice to see Louisville involved with a kid, especially I don't I don't know how much of a West Coast lean he is, but he's being recruited by a lot of schools out there. Maybe he just wants to 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 go somewhere else. But I will note Arkansas is not on this list for the first time for any transfer that I've seen. Arkansas is like, yeah, we're backing off a little. Bit. Caleb Love, by the way, going to Michigan. I was gonna I just a- now saw that. I, well, I was going to ask you, so I, I guess I would have been breaking news. Yeah. But Caleb Love, another player that Louisville had been in contact with, he had significant ties to Indiana. Um, Missouri was kind no, of— it was the, Indiana, Missouri, and Memphis were the final three. Those were the supposedly. three buzz schools. Yeah. And then it ends up being Michigan out of left field, who also landed a, a player from Seton Hall today, Jalen, I think Jalen Terry? I can't remember his name. Um, who, who's, who's pretty good. They're rebuilding a little bit. But as an Indiana fan yourself, how do you feel about losing out on Caleb Love here? I mean, it, it always seemed kind of like a pipe dream anyways. It was it was going to be one of those things that if he came, great. That's a that's amazing. But it's if he doesn't come, no big deal. I mean, we'll we, we'll move on. It's fine. Because you guys, I mean, you're not quite as in dire shape as Louisville is, which is no. I mean, that's hard to do. But you but exactly. We're we're in pretty bad shape. But you, I mean, you we have a lot to replace. You've got holes on the roster right now. Yeah. Hutchinson's gone. Trace Jackson Davis is gone. Those are the big two. Mm-hmm. Like you've got. You guys are kind of in in. In need to, to go out and get some bodies real quick. Well, we're the favorite for the number one transfer. Oh, are you? Yeah, the uh, kid from Oregon. Can't think of his name. Kill, kill. Oh, Kill Aware. Yeah, because um, I he and Dickinson are kind of like one and one A. Yeah. I feel like on all these mm-hmm. these rankings. But yeah, well, that would be nice. That, that would be a good get. But Caleb Love would have would have helped. Uh, I mean, he see him go to Michigan is surprising just because he hasn't been linked there. Michigan now is putting together one of the stranger rosters of all time. I don't know if Jawan Howard is just if there's a method to his madness or if he's just kind of being like, you know, we'll take guys, but it's, it's they, an interesting group right now. They've gotten Namari Burnett from Alabama and uh-huh. Trey Jackson from Seton Hall. And, and they got, they had somebody else too on, on that roster. That's a little bit weird, but I can't think of who it is. Um, and Namari Burnett's been, he was at Texas Tech before then. He hasn't done a whole lot. It's just, yeah, it's, that will be an interesting team to follow. But you can tell Jawan Howard's pissed off by the way that last season went, starting from scratch, uh, trying to do that whole thing. But we'll, we'll find I mean, a lot of teams are doing that now. Uh, a lot of teams are, are going that route because they have to. Um, we also found out yesterday, and I, I think that we 
we mentioned this in passing with Matt McGavick on the show, but we didn't have a chance to really lock into it because we were so focused on the LLS news. That was all anybody wanted to react to, and we just had an hour and a half show. How did the Bats do last night, by the way? I know they had two games. Uh, I only produced for about the first five innings of the first game, so I have no idea. Are you only following the Bats when you produce, Scoots? Yeah. Well, that's not that's – not, we're, we're fans here. Well, normally I'll, like, check in and be like, oh, how they do? I think they lost the first game, I want to say. It was 4-1 to one, last I heard. In like the sixth inning, they only played two seven inning games. Right. So, yeah, I assume they lost the first one. Second one, I have no idea. I was past my bedtime. They lost the first game five three, mm-hmm. and judging by the lack of updates from game two, I'm assuming game two may not have gone great. <laughs> uh, yeah, not our night. Bats dropped the back end of it. They lost one nothing in the second game. So, I mean, we have a lot of talent with the bats, I, but I, yeah. I couldn't tell you their record, but I, I know that just judging from what I've seen on Twitter. I haven't seen a whole lot. Of stuff. How did they drop two straight last night with Votto and Senzel in the line? I don't know. And we've got, I mean, we just need Ellie de, Ellie de la Cruz to get healthy. We're two and four. Votto right. come to the crib last night? Votto did not come over. We're, mm-hmm. still, we're still waiting. We're still stocked up on Fresca, waiting for Joey to stop by and, and put my kids to bed. I think it's hilarious you cleaned it up. Well, we didn't really. Oh, okay. No, we didn't clean it up at all. Like Nothing? Our, our house is never clean. Okay. No, we didn't think he was actually coming. <laughs> um, bats two and four. They will take on Indianapolis tonight. 7.15, you can hear all the action right here on 14.50 The Big X, or you can go out to the stadium yourself. 7.15 is the first pitch. That means uh, 6.40 is when coverage will start here. Should be another solid night. Williamson on the mound for the bats tonight against C. Smith for Indianapolis. I don't know who that is, but he has a 15.43 ERA. So. TK will be producing. So he's gonna be, TK is going to be back for that yeah, tonight? He will be, yeah. Jeez. He couldn't, he couldn't do it three hours early to be here for this. but Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, so we found out via Rick Bozich yesterday that Kenny Payne has spent this week uh, in Africa recruiting at the NBA Academy Africa. You assume that he's trying to lock down Churchill Abbas. Again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but that's that's the assumption. Is that is he's the A-B-M-A-S? It's A-B-A-S-S. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a, a boss, I think, is how Matt thought, thought it was pronounced, but we can't get any sort of clarification. I think if that's what Matt said, that's what the text line says, we go with the boss. Is that what... Well, the text line just says, I've been saying a boss because they think it's funny to say a boss. Mm. Matt thinks it's, it's a boss, like with a, like a hard A, like a soft A. I've been saying a bass, but I, I don't know. I, I've got a boss no sounds idea. better because you like to think when he gets here, he's going to be a boss. Right. And that's what the, the text line's like. Yeah. I call him a boss. Uh, so we'll just say, we'll say a boss. Sure. I just got, I've got to, now I've got to remind myself. It's one of those things I've got to, the synapses are firing and they're saying Abbas. I've got to say a, <laughs> a, a boss. And then if it, if it winds up being actually a bass and I've got to change it back again, it's, it's a gif gif situation to the point where I'm <laughs> in such a pretzel, I can't remember which one's right. But he's down there, you're assuming that he's recruiting Churchill a boss. And he also is saying sort of generally that he's looking for an upgrade in talent. And he wants guys with character and a passion to win. And it reminds me a little bit of when, when Rick Pitino got Gorky Zhang. I remember him saying like he wanted to recruit international big men because they came here with like more of a hunger, more of a drive to succeed, and that was that was fine because like, he was recruiting very spe- a very specific position and going after guys that had a very specific mindset and skill set. So he got he gets Gorky, he gets Mango Mathiang. That's kind of where it ended at, at that point. But that was fine because he also was getting the best guards in the country to come here and play for us, and he was developing them. Like, we had, like, Gorgie was great. If Gorgie didn't have Peyton, Russ, and Luke, and, you know, Wayne Blackshear and those guys, and Montrez Harrell around him, Shane Bahannon, like, it wouldn't have really mattered. So I, I'm glad that we're going, hopefully, going to land Churchill a boss. 
But for me, like, unless he's, and I don't know how good he is. He, he looks good in the highlight videos. I can see why some high power programs are going after him in addition to us. But unless he's like the reincarnation of, of, of Akeem Olajuwon, we're going to need some pretty talented guys around him from the transfer portal if we're still going to have a shot, even if he's that good, even if he's like Armando Baycott, like one of the most dominant big men in the country next season, we're still going to have a hard time being good if we don't bolster this backcourt. And I, I know that they're working on other reaching out to guys, but like that needs to be priority one, uh, unless there are some great African guards down there that we can bring up. But like, it just seems like it, it's strange to me that we're the only ones that are, are doing this. And I guess that he is, this is his, as the texture pointed out, the the comparisons between the beginning of the Chris Mack era and now Kenny Payne, where Mack went to Ireland to prove how much he wanted Aiden Agehan, and that wound up playing a huge part in us landing Agehan, and then Agehan wound up not being that good. Like I don't know if that's Kenny Payne doing this and saying, I know Churchill, the boss, you've had Ole Miss is coming for you now, UCLA is coming for you now, this is how much we, I'm going to Africa to show you how much we care, please come play for the Cardinals. One, if you're doing that, you better land him. Two, he better be worth it because it does feel like we are, I mean, guards are flying in the transfer portal right now. Guards that are going to change the season of, of wherever they land next season. And that should be priority one here to me, to me. I, I'm glad we've got Sky Clark, but he alone cannot do this, especially with LLS now definitively not coming back. Like I, I wish that we were, I hope this works out, but I've got, I've got questions about it. That's uh, that's kind of where my head is at. Is like, what percentage of this has bad news, potential bad news, written all over it? You know what I mean? Like, is it is it worth it to go get that one kid? Like, how much highlight tape have you seen from him? How much how much have you actually seen him play? You know, he seems. I mean, he's very he's dominant in the paint. There's no question about it. Like he, against African against players. against limited competition for sure. Like, I think he's better than Emmanuel Okora for. Um, who, Doesn't take much, does it? I, I, Corfor had his moment. We he didn't did. See, we no, didn't he see did. much from him. He yeah, he only played a few games before he. The potential's up there. You can see it. But Corfor, like when I talked to to recruiting guys, when we landed Corfor, I, I was I was hesitant because they they gauged him. And I'm, I'm, these are their words. These are not my words. So don't just get mad at me for saying this. <laughs> they qualified Emmanuel Corfor as a mid to low major talent, and I was like, okay, like you know, he's playing hard. Maybe we can develop into something down the line. But those same people are like, Churchill Abbas can play at a high level. Like, like he, can, he can come in and he can help you. But it's not like, like I don't think he's going to, it's not like he's Kobe Bryant. Like, he's not going to dramatically alter the DNA of your program by himself in one snap of a finger. What's his name? Churchill Abbas. Uh, Abbas. 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 You, you got to get consistent. Mike. I'm going to go with Abbas. You're, you're, you're low over there looking like a college basketball <laughs> official. Like, we just need some consistency from you, to man. To charge one just half. Pick one or the block other. the next. <laughs> Everything's a foul inside the second half. I'm actually going to look up the pronunciation because I don't think anybody knows. I don't, he's done some interviews. Will Google tell you that? Maybe. <laughs> no. How do you pronounce the last name? I'll, I'm just going to call him Churchill. Until uh, <laughs> until we're, until we're, we we find out he fits in in this town with that name, huh? He does. There's nil deals to be had. Again, he can't bear the fruit of them because he's not an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can do behind the scenes sketchy stuff. We can do the well. We can do the um, the the Oscar Sheepway thing. Take a a trip to the Bahamas or whatever. Cut like three million dollars worth of deals during the off season, and somehow that's legal. Somehow oh, get him one good season, then go take a trip to Africa. Man, imagine the hype around that. Then we're good. <laughs> but uh, but Kenny Payne has been in Africa 
going after uh, some of these players from the NBA Africa. I, I like that Rick Bosa's column says, Payne described the talent pool of roughly 25 players at the NBA Academy of Africa as, quote, good. And good players who can make an immediate impact are what is 4-28 and 28 squad needs. I was like, we're not exactly wowing me with the quotes here. Like, if, if this was meant to sway me on this, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not there. Here's the problem I have, is if these kids were that good, wouldn't they already be here? Some of them. I, I, I mean, mean, wouldn't they have found a way to get themselves here? Well, I think a core four is only like 19. So he would be, you mean like they would have come here as like prep school players? Yeah, I mean, 15, I, I, I get the opportunities aren't nearly the same over there as they are here, but I just feel like if you're that good and you're on par to play major college basketball and you have aspirations and dreams to get to the NBA, I just feel like you'd already be here. Maybe. I mean, I mean it, it certainly seems like a big gamble. I mean, these are the types of players that, I mean, like Louisville had Frederick King, who came from, I think he was, was he from the Bahamas? He was playing in one of these uh, sort of types of leagues. And we ended up not signing him. He went to Creighton, and he looked pretty good as, as a backup. And he'll step in, and he'll replace Ryan Kalkbrenner um, next season, assuming he doesn't come back. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like we're – there's not enough sure things on this roster for anybody to feel – we're, we're very much still in that same just trust in KP mode. And it's hard to do that when we were told that all last offseason and then trusting in KP – led to a 4-28 and season. Now, when you say very few sure things, who do you consider a sure thing? Sky Clark, is that a sure thing? No. I, I Huntley th- Hatfield? No. Oh, he's, is he transferred? We don't know. We, we oh, haven't okay. heard anything. I think he's going to be back, but we haven't, he's, he haven't heard He would be a, maybe a sure thing. I don't think, I mean, I think Mike James being a capable contributor is as sure a thing as there is on this roster. Like, Sky Clark, I think, is going to be good. I think. I can't tell you that definitively. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you what happened behind the scenes last year at Illinois. I don't know why he left. But what I'm saying, as far as like guesses, it's more along the lines of like in Bostich's column. He ends with this. He's like the Cards' biggest improvement must come in the backcourt, where they will add Sky Clark, a five-star talent who's arriving from Illinois, and Karan Davis, a six big six-seven guard who averaged 23.8 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 3.2 assists at Los Angeles Southwest College. And that line, I'm like. Man, you're you're trying to sell us on this big upgrade in the backcourt, and one, it's Sky Clark, who you have you refer to as a five star talent because he was a five star like three years ago in high school, um, but was kind of I think I think got exposed a little bit last year. He was not he was not ready to run the program at a place like Illinois. Like he was way too turnover prone. He's still more of a combo guard than he is a natural point. And Karan Davis, like you're throwing out these numbers. At Los Angeles Southwest College, we don't we don't know anything about this man. If we're saying he's our plug and play guy at the two, I I can't. Maybe he's great. I don't. I've got no idea. It's a gigantic guess. This whole roster is a gigantic guess. We need some sure things. Like we need if we landed Keon Menafield. Like I think you know that he can come in here and be a capable guard. If you land, if we had landed Tyler Perry, we'll see where he ends up going. Like, like you kind of know that he's a bucket getter. He can come in here and score at a high level in the ACC. We don't have anything like that on this roster right now. The one thing that's going good for Sky Clark is the fact that he is coming from Illinois where it's Brad Underwood as the coach, and he's pretty intimidating, pretty scary, I feel like, as a as a coach to play for. So where you're coming into a Kenny Payne who's more laid back, yeah. relaxed. So might give him more freedom to do what he wants to do on the floor. It's the one thing that I've cut this kind of made me a little bit more I don't know if optimistic's the right word, but when it comes to him leaving, I mean, whenever a player leaves midseason, the fans of that program are going to be like, well, he's a cancer, he was, you know, he 
didn't do the right things behind the scenes. Like they're going, and you saw a lot of that when Clark announced that he was transferring to Louisville. But if he were, if, if he'd had issues getting along with or whatever happened there with like a a Tony Bennett type coach, you'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. But maybe it was just as simple as like he his style just did not mesh well with Brad Underwood, who's very much demanding and kind of insane. Like that's 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 who he is. And maybe this will be a welcome change playing for more of a player-friendly coach like Kenny Payne. Maybe this will just be a better fit and he'll respond better to it, which is what some kids do. But again, like this is these are all just it's a lot of guessing. It's a lot of trusting in KP. It's a lot of you gotta let the man cook, like all the stuff that we heard last year. And for the people who are saying that, who are who are saying you've got to trust this man, like you've got to understand why there's apprehension there. It's because you guys said the exact same thing all last summer. It's all we heard. And the result was a 4-28 and season. Uh, we, I've got a few more thoughts. We've got some transfer reporter rankings. I'll tell you where Sky Clark ranks there and where some of our other targets rank. Uh, and we'll take some text for the first time at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Continues next here on The Big X. Blackbird, fly into the line of a dark black night. I don't remember what the first song was, but I know the last two have had a bird theme. I'm guessing this is Trevor playing on the the theme of the week with you producing the shows, which has been Killing Birds. Oh, yeah. Good call. I don't know what the first song was, but we had Blackbird. Now we've got Robin Robin. First song was Fly Like an Eagle. There you go. So we've, we, yeah. Trevor is just, he's, I figured it out when he's not here. Yeah. Well, he's not putting pressure on me to figure out the themes. I can do it pretty well. But we we had Scoots telling the story on Wednesday about him accidentally uh, killing a goose. Then we had a story about him accidentally killing an owl. And then it became poor Matt McGavick was in here on Thursday. He was telling his own story about a bat being killed in front of him. Man, we're jerks. It's just, it's a lot of bird death this week here on the show. I don't know. You never know where you're going to go. You never know how it's going to happen. It's a story of the season for the cards. Well, it's a, it's a time for death. But then also <laughs> resurrection. So we will... <laughs> All those birds were flying away to a, another life afterwards, a better place. That's how I'm, I'm choosing to view it. Hey, if you're having problems with your air conditioning or heating right now, call our guys over at AirServe at 502-785-8600. And if you're not having problems and you just want a little tune-up, they can make that happen for just $49. That's their price right now for tune-ups. And also for a limited time, AirServe is giving you up to 60 months, no interest financing on a qualifying root system. Visit their website at airserve.com slash Louisville for more info or call them directly at 502-785-8600. All right, we have neglected the Thornton sex line. We'll take some text. I do want to get some of these transfer portal rankings that have come up um, because Sky Clark's place in them is kind of all over the place, so we'll, we'll mention that. But first, text line, 502-414-1450. If you've got thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, get them in now. Texas question of the day, if Scoots was given five... Come on, guys. If Scoots was given five inches, would he add it to his height or his shaft? Come on. Height, for sure. That was the three oh three. Somebody, we weren't even on the air yet. I mean, I am I'm five foot six, y'all. So that's an easy answer for me. Yeah, I've 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 actually said for about five or six years now, if I was six inches taller, I would be married with a family. 
You think? You think I truly so? believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You can find love. It, it's short. Oh, no, I, I, it's not a question of finding love. It's a, it's a question of finding a girl who's okay with a short guy. Yeah. Which I like tall girls. So, like really? for me, for me, no question. Tomorrow, if I found like a six-two woman of my dreams, I'd marry her. See, I'm not. And that's a that's a seven-inch height difference, and or eight-inch actually. And girls don't like that. It's short King Spring. Excuse. That's that's all I meant. It's short King Spring. Now I'm not. I, I am not tall. I, I'm uh, taller than you. Um, Five ten is what's on my license. I mean, maybe five nine and a half. I still like. I had a, a growing up. Like I, I don't know. I, I I was not. I don't know if it's like a macho thing or a masculine. Like I wanted to date girls that were shorter than me. Like I mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I kind of had a thing if you were a little bit taller than me. I mean, just maybe it was like an inch or two. Like my prom date, who I loved, but we went as friends, was for one of the dances was was taller than me, and I I had you know. I was kind of, she's like, do you want me to take your shoes off? I'm like, you don't have to do that. I was, <laughs> I was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I would have had, I'm surprised that you're, you're into that girls that don't yeah, that much. I bigger. love the tall girls. Okay. It's interesting. Texas Day here. Scoots um, say on the KRC podcast, he didn't like yesterday's Rutherford show because he didn't get to talk enough. Well, I did say that. It was yeah. a short show and we had Matt it was. in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't get, you, you well, weren't, no, weren't t- featured as much. TJ, I didn't say I didn't like the show. TJ just asked me how it was. And I was like, oh, it wasn't as fun as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, just didn't was, get to say a whole lot. I, I'd forgotten because I lined up Matt when I found out that Trevor, like last week when Trevor was like, you're not going, like, I'm not going to be there next week. Mm-hmm. I always try to get a little bit of help because it's very hard to do the show uh, just, just by yourself. And then when we have Gary in, like Gary, uh, Gary's awesome. But He'll Gary, chime in for movie discussion. But, but yeah, but like you got, <laughs> it has to be like non-sports. It's yeah. not a sports guy, which right. is it's fine. You, you have to try to make that work. And then like I, so I texted all my, my usual people that can help out. And a lot of them had spring break plans, so they couldn't come in and help out. Uh, and then I texted Matt. Matt, the only day he could come in was Thursday. And so, of course, lo and behold, like, it's the one day where we have like the half show because the bats get rained out and we do it in, in Jeffersonville. So, yeah, that was uh, that was ahead of time. But it was, yeah, it was. It was fine. It was just a lot of Louisville, Louisville sports stuff. I know. And that's the way it's, it's like, eh. Yeah, I know. It's not your thing. <laughs> Texas Mike, since you mentioned you entered the Masters Lottery on the show yesterday, when you first signed up, did you have to give them the last four digits of your social security number? They asked for that when I was making an account, and I couldn't understand why they would need that. I no, I don't. I don't think I ever. Hmm. When I've done the Masters, uh, no. When, I, when I've signed up for the lottery, it's basically just I think email and address, because um, they have this thing where it's like you can only it's only one application per address. And so we'll still like, we'll use like, we'll do another one with like my, my family's home, my parents' home address and like my, my wife's family's home address. Like we'll try to get entries, but like, I, no, I never had to enter a social security number that I can remember, but I've always getting, I always get excited because you'll see people like my friends will start when they get the, uh, the rejection emails, they'll be like, eh, no master's tickets this year. And like, you'll see people on Twitter and starting to say like, no tickets this year. And like, the, if it goes like a couple of days past that, I'm like, oh boy. Like, I, haven't, I haven't got one. Here we go. And then lo and like, sure enough, I, I get my my rejection letter. So that has on happened. Texas Rutherford, uh, do your best to get an altercation at Disney on Ice. We need the entertainment. I'm going to do my best to not get an, an altercation at Disney on Ice tonight. But we'll see. Texas Scoot yesterday when defending his Jurassic Park opinion, quote, I didn't actually believe it. That's just what my mouth said, which is some next level disassociation from Scoot's there. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know how to describe it. I just, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Texas says Mike hates Bennett because he looks just like Dabo. Oh, Is the it? 
the go- the the amateur golfer? I don't think he looks old. Maybe a, maybe a younger Dabo. He's, I could maybe see that. He's more than half of Dabo's age. Is he? Yeah, I mean, he's got to be. Dabo's what? Like, Dabo's got to be in his fifties, right, or, or or late forties. And this kid is like what twenty three? Yeah. Dabo is Dabo's fifty three. Yeah. So he yeah he's I mean he's less than half Dabo's age. Like he's more than half Dabo's age. More than half Dabo's age. Yeah. My, my, Sam Bennett. I don't think he looks like Dabo at all. Yeah, it's it's not prominent, no. I'm looking at more pictures. Am I, am I just missing this? I mean, no. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I just I don't see it. He's got. The, he does have to look the long. I take. There's one picture now that I see where he looks a lot. Like I can see this. This this one right here. I'm gonna show you. Excuse. This is where we need the YouTube cameras. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of looks like Dabo. Mm-hmm. He's got the long nose a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. But. Not as much as anything else. Maybe it's just the chin hair. I, I can't get over the chin hair. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Texas says, my dad made me wait uh, until, hold on. It says, Kareem snubbed me for an autograph at Mickey Mantle Steakhouse in New York City when I was like six or seven. I was a huge NBA fan, and I've hated him ever since. My dad made me wait until he was done with his meal and leaving. I walked over to him, and he just told me, no, the guy was a D-bag. <laughs> I like, so when I used to do the show with John Ramsey, Ramsey always had like stories about because he was always with celebrities because he was with Muhammad Ali. And so he would have some some good stories on like who was very nice and who was kind of an a-hole. And I was always like, I kind of didn't want to hear him. Like like he was, you would tell me like Willie Mays one time was like a huge D-bag to him. Um, but he said like Lennox Lewis was super nice. I think like I, I somebody else, uh, Bill Russell, he said was, was super See, that's mean that's the thing. Him. Everybody has their own opinion. I know. And also like, you know, if you catch a, a famous person, like everyone has bad days. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, if you, I mean, I, I've probably like, done something at a grocery store one time where somebody like would be like, yeah, that guy was kind of a, a D and like, if I was famous, then that, that would have stayed with me forever in that person's mind. Like I, I try not to judge people too harshly because you just, you, you never know. Yeah. I will say though, when I also, I really try not to judge, especially like Louisville players because I'm, I always try to make it to a point to be very complimentary when a Louisville player comes off as just, super down to earth and super endearing because a lot of times you meet these kids and you know they're they're 20 year old star athletes who've got the world by the ass at this point and they act like it and you, you just like you know you'll, you'll meet them for something like seven eight nine years later and they're far more mature and that's everybody it's it just so i think a lot of times people will run into cardinal players and they'll be like man that kid's kind of a, a d i'm like he's also just a kid well especially with basketball i mean even if you're not the best player in the country you're Best player on campus, like you're you're big man on campus. If you're on the basketball, you're big team. man in city. I, yeah, I mean, it, exactly in this city that we have no pro sports teams, some no major pro sports teams. Like you are, even this past year, like L. Ellis, I'm sure when he went out, like people were talking to him, people were were wanting autographs, people were wanting pictures, and that's uh, you know the, the best player on a four and twenty eight team. It's just it's it's the way it is here. Uh, let's see, Texas says Hunter South is scraps at this point, man. If he was a freshman going to a sophomore, that would be something different. Let us see our name in for Cryer or even Nemhart before we're not before we think we're making portal progress. The I have not seen a list for LJ Cryer from Baylor. I, I don't know. I would hope that Louisville has reached out because he's the exact type of player that you need for next season. He's a guy who's established at the college level. He's played at a high level and had success for multiple seasons. He well, he's already he's committed. He's off. He's he's done. He's, <laughs> he committed to Kansas State. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. So. KRC boys are going to hate that. Well, that just that sucks. That well, no, has he has he committed or is he just is he he has not committed. There's a report out that he's committed to Kansas State. That's apparently not true. Um, but he is visiting Kansas Kansas State and Houston. 
So he apparently wants to stay in the Big 12, but he's good. But it sounds like we've got no hope. Oh, yeah, Houston going to the Big 12. Yeah. Forgot about that. So three technically Big 12 teams uh, he's looking at. Once again, the incestuous nature of college sports continues. It's just staying in conference. Is that So Cincinnati and Houston go next year, right? Yes. Okay. Or this upcoming year? Yes. Okay. And UCF, too, which is why like I kept when people were talking about where Brick Patino was going to go, and they were like, hey, I think that there's a solid chance that UCF's in that mix. And I was like, why? Why would you go to – and then I remember, I'm like, oh, bleep. Like, they're going to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. That changes things dramatically. I mean, you you, know, you can recruit at UCF a lot. It's a big school. It's in a recruiting-rich area. And now the jump from the AAC to the Big 12 is an enormous one. Isn't that near Orlando, though? It's right near yeah, – Yeah, you don't want to go there. Orlando. Traffic there is the worst. Yeah, you, Trevor always brings up how you have to pay ten dollars just to get into the city. Yeah, seriously, and you <laughs> have to stop every half mile to freaking pay a toll. It's exhausting. I am. Yeah. I hate Orlando. Well, let us know how you feel, Scoots. Second worst city in Florida, behind Jacksonville. Yeah, I can see that. Jacksonville sucks. Um, as far as Ryan Nemhart is concerned, uh, who who is transferring from from Creighton. That, I mean, that's a huge blow. He was very good as a sophomore. He also, I mean, if you land Ryan Nemhard, that puts to bed any of the doubt about whether or not Sky Clark can run the point because Ryan Nemhard can absolutely run the point. Uh, I've got, have not seen a list for him. I would, ho- like I said with Cryer, I would hope that Louisville would at least reach out because he is, he's very good. He would help you significantly. He's the type of guy that can change your season for sure. Texas says, what a treat uh, it has been this week to hear Justin on the ones and twos for five hours every day. Seriously, guys, I hope you and yours have a great Easter. Thank you. Felt like five hours. <laughs> I believe it. That's our boy, uh, Kentucky Krogue. What do you guys call him, Krogue? Krogue, yeah. Krogue. There you go. Now you're getting it. Krogue. Krogue. Texas says, Churchill uh, Abbas follows a DePaul account on Twitter. We are doomed. If we lose him to DePaul after all this, he's following No, he's following two DePaul accounts. He's following the, the DePaul, which I think this is the one that terrorized our show one time, the DePodcast. Which which sent all sorts of hateful emails to me and and we had a, we had a show one time where when when it was announced that Louisville was not going to play the return game against DePaul they flooded our text line like DePaul fans rabid DePaul fans flooded our text line they go they still go nuts after every they they did it less because they started to suck too which happens to DePaul every year they have a good non conference or an average non conference they saw we were leaving and they would tweet me after every Louisville loss and they'd be like it's Louisville day it's Louisville day. And then they started to suck in the Big East, and then they just stopped talking. I'm not rooting against you all, but I hope for the sake of your show, he goes to DePaul. I mean, I'll I'll lose it a little bit. Like th- this will be. <laughs> I've tried to be. People are like, "Oh, you're a KP hater." I've tried to be. I feel like more patient and open minded because he's the coach. What else do you have to do? Like, I want this to work. But if we, if he goes to Africa to get a player, and said player winds up committing to DePaul, <laughs> I'll have a hard time with that. That would be that would be tough. He is following two DePaul accounts. I don't like that one bit. There's uh, how many more programs would get under your skin more than DePaul? Probably not many, right? It's not even getting under my skin. It's just like, oh my god, like the program that I've made fun of my entire yeah. adult well, life. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it's it's embarrassing. DePaul it's, it's is humiliating. It would, yeah, I mean they they despite all of the you know, every year they take dramatic steps. They've never finished better than second to last in the Big East in the last 17 years. Like, that's, that's abysmal. You're in Chicago, for God's sake. What are you doing? Uh, and, and if they start taking recruits from us and beating us in actual games at the same time, I'm going to be <laughs> – I'm going to have a rough time. Texas has two starters, Clark and James, two rotational players, BHH and trainer, two freshmen that we need to contribute in Evans and Flowers. If we get a boss, 
we need two starter guards or it'll be a long season. Definitely need guards. I mean, every show we've done for like the last two years. Yeah, we need we need guards. Mm. We, we I don't know how else to say it. We need guards. Texas says, I'm no ornithologist, but I don't think that bat is a type of bird. Well, what what is it? Marsupial? Is a bat not a bird? I would think a bat's a bird. It's got wings and flies. The only thing I could think of would be a marsupial. They may have a pouch. A bat, like humans, bat are, bats are mammals. Bats are the only huh. mammals that actually fly. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, I would have never. A mammal would have been my last guess. My, I thought that story was so funny because my mom is like, she is big into bats for some reason. Like she, there are bats that fly around my parents' house and she was, she made like a bat. One year I like, like saved a bat in her honor for her birthday. Like, like, like rescued a, like there's a bat sanctuary and I can't get out of the emails. I get bat sanctuary emails every month. It's like updating me on all these bats. I'm like, this was like seven years ago. There's no unsubscribe at the bottom. There's no, there's not. Um, Bats are like birds, except that they're, Except that they are completely different in almost every way. First off, birds are birds, and well, they can't fly the same way. I do know that. Bats are mammals. Look at me. Look at look at us learning stuff on a Friday. Wow. Texas scoots sing. This is Indiana. Mm, yeah, we not. do it big. Better not. Boston, all the Big Ten. <laughs> you know what it is. It's a good song. It's a pretty good song. Texas says five inches of my shaft would be a hindrance to me, not a blessing. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Texas, I'm currently driving from Mobile, Alabama to Hampton Roads, Virginia. I just tried to stop at the McDonald's in Augusta and forgot what day it was. Terrible choice. That would be that would be a wake-up call. What What's so bad about today? The Masters is going on. He tried to stop at the McDonald's in Augusta. Oh, okay. That was, I thought it was something to do with it being Friday and the Catholics all there for their fish sandwiches. Oh, or? no, no, no. I think okay. this is more just yeah, about yeah, yeah. The, the crowds in Augusta. Makes sense. Um. Oh, with the weather delay too, so everybody's leaving. Yeah, that would be mm. that'd be rough. I had friends who, one of my friends who won, actually did win the Masters lottery a few years ago, got practiced uh, day tickets, and it was rained out. Like it was like, oh. and they honored him for the next year, but he couldn't go the next year. So, did you know? You want a quick uh, quick run of Masters facts here? Let's do it. Media tickets that are called badges. They all have RFID tags inside them, so the club the club knows where each media member is at all times. They have trackers. Whoa. That's kind of crazy. That is crazy. The Masters on Sunday. You think they watch that? Is anybody watching that? Oh, they're watching. They're creepily watching. You know they're watching. Like, oh, there goes Jim Nance with CBS. <laughs> Nance is taking a big old piss right now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way they talk to you. That's what they say. Uh, the Masters does not start selling beer until 11 a.m. on Sunday. Oh. The previous rule was 12.30 p.m., a.k.a. after church. But the law was pushed 90 minutes forward back in 2020. But fans aren't allowed to bring ar- chairs with armrests. Super strange. Just on Sunday? Or any day? <laughs> I think any day. I what? think any day. I'm about uh, to pay attention. Augusta was purchased for $70,000 in 1931, which if you adjust for inflation is about $1.4 million, and now has an assessed value of $200 million. Wow. There's no running allowed at Augusta National. No running whatsoever. It's like school. Can't do it. Oh, they're dope. you're gonna have like a greenskeeper yell at you. Yeah, they're, they're, Walk. Gonna, they're gonna get you. Over 700 volunteers work the tournament each year. Thousands apply. Those are the people that are gonna track you down. They're gonna tackle you. Uh, the Masters will do about 70 million dollars in merchandise sales this week. Whoa. 10 million dollars per day. One million dollars an hour. Sixteen thousand dollars a minute. Two hundred seventy-seven dollars every second. 
Now I have because the, the big thing is they don't sell the the official Masters merchandise anywhere besides Augusta National on this week. So it's like, and they do like different versions for every single year. So that's the big thing. And, and for my friends who have gone, they're like, it's like they're like it's pure chaos. And you see some of the pictures because I'm always like, what'd you get? And like you know, you're trying to get stuff for yourself, but they also want to get Christmas gifts for family members or you know, you know, birthday gifts for family members. And you're like, like you don't really have time to like look and be like, ooh, I like the the way that they have the logo there. Is this like you're snatching and grabbing, like you're just grabbing whatever you can and just getting out of there as fast as you can. Now, is the merchandise store priced like it just opened, like the concessions? I think it's like, like can I go in there and get a golf shirt for like sixteen bucks? No, I think it's <laughs> not like because the concession stand does like they've got like sandwiches are a dollar, oh, beers are like seventy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's nuts. I think the beers are five dollars. It's nuts. Like, but I think that the merchandise is still. Fairly pricey. I think it's like a normal kind of yeah. country club clubhouse prices on on stuff like that. Um, Augusta opened recently opened a new media building that has leather chairs, brass nameplates, personal lockers, touchscreen computers, and a full service restaurant for free. Being a media member at Augusta is a good deal. Maybe I, I'll apply next year. Now I didn't know this. The Masters winner, of course, receives the famous green jacket. The jacket is taken home for a year to celebrate but it must be returned to their locker the following year, and it can't leave after that. So what do they get, like a replica? I, I don't know. Like Because they're all wearing, them wearing them. Yeah, and the, like the champion's dinner. But I don't know if they if like it stays at Augusta National and you only wear it when you're back there for the tournament. Like I would want to wear it out on like a like yeah. the next like five years later, especially right. if my career started to tank. Like <laughs> if I, if I became if I'm a one hit wonder, I'm wearing that thing everywhere I go. Um, but someone found a green jacket one time for five dollars at a thrift store in 1999 and wound up selling it last year for 140 thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, it was a legit jacket. Apparently, jeez, whose was it? Jose Maria Olthobel. <laughs> Uh, houses in Augusta rent for crazy prices this week. For example, someone is paying $30,000 to rent this house below. There's a picture of it. It's a very whatever house. Uh, the IRS established the Augusta rule years ago, enabling homeowners to rent out their homes for 14 days per year without being taxed on that money. That's wow. Nice. That is nice. People do that in Louisville, I know, for, for much less uh, you know, than that. Uh, players and members... Enter Augusta on Magnolia Lane, which is precisely 330 yards long and has 61 magnolia trees on each side. Tiger even created his own version during the pandemic. I did like, I was telling Mary this yesterday because they, we watched the episode, they show Finau driving up there. And I was like, you know, Big X, we're, it's on Magnolia Avenue in mm-hmm. Jeffersonville. And it is kind of the same thing where you drive up, you've got like <laughs> the trailers and like weird stuff on both sides. And then the Big X Studios is in the, in the very end of the road, very big <laughs> all on its own. I was like, it kind of fits. It felt like Masters yesterday driving up to the Big X. Should plant some trees. We should, we should have plant. We need to plant some magnolias. I don't know if the people would appreciate that. You do have like people, you know, kind of peeing on the side of the road there, <laughs> and wrangling snakes out of that creek on the right side. It's just like Augusta. Um, Cats fighting. God, cats are everywhere. Uh, many U.S. presidents have routinely played Augusta. President Eisenhower visited the club 29 times during his eight years in office, and they even worked with the Secret Service to build him a special cabin. The Eisenhower cabin is still used by members today. We're, we're giving Trump crap for playing golf as much as he did, and this guy has a cabin named after him in like, Augusta? Yeah, get Eisenhower like, out of here. <laughs> Worst president of all time. Uh, President Reagan vacationed at Augusta in 1983 and stayed at the Eisenhower cabin. Someone smashed through the gate with a gun and tried to hold him hostage in the pro shop, but the Secret Service got him out in an armed motorcade and no one was hurt. I did not know that. Hmm. That is wild. Um, The Masters, we just kind of mentioned, 
They don't maximize profits. They sell $1.50 sandwiches and hold a lottery for $150 tickets and only work with six sponsors. Augusta does not even make CBS and ESPN pay a media rights fee, giving it to them for free in exchange for full and complete control. That's awesome. So that's why if you wonder why, like, because it is annoying the the mainstream coverage doesn't start until way late in the day for these first two rounds, especially. You know, I wake up, I'm like, it's 10 a.m. I want to turn on the golf tournament. It's because they have complete control of the rights. They can do whatever they want. And you get why ESPN and CBS let them because they're not charged a media rights fee, which is nuts. I've been, uh, the last two days, I've been big on the featured groups just because they've been really good featured groups. So I'm okay with watching that. Plus the broadcasting team on that's been pretty good. It's it's, it's worth watching. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I prefer the, you know, I just want to flip it on the TV. Yeah. Um, there it is. Those are your master's facts today. Sweet. Incredible. Great stuff. Uh, text, one more text there before we have to go to break. Text says, Scoots, I thought you had no culture, but your Orlando take has given me hope. hope Orlando sucks. Yeah. For sure. Any, anybody with two eyes can see that. I can't hear it without thinking of the, the, the Book of Mormon song. Orlando. It's all, it's all I think. Not of. familiar. You ever seen Book of Mormon? It's good. It's fun. Nope. The songs are catchy. <laughs> Uh, Texas Barstool listed Vatech, Boise, Boise State, and WVU as dead football brands. Where do you think U of L is on the dead B ball list? Ooh, who do you think is is on the B ball list? Cal. But where were they ever a really big brand? If they were ever on the list, they're off now. They also landed that a big transfer. Uh, Did they? Today. Yeah, that that fall week, uh, whatever. Who went from Georgetown, Texas Tech? Who was one of the better big men in the, there? They got Mark. They got the Mad Dog now coaching the team up. He's going to be good. But if we're looking at because like Boise State, well, boy, and we have that Boise texter. We have a guy who texts in from Idaho every now and then. <laughs> who's a big Boise fan. I don't know how this happens. Still very strange. He's not going to like that text. But it does like Vatech, Boise State, and WVU do kind of fit that profile of teams that were very relevant for an extended period of time that have just fallen on hard times. I mean, I would hope that we, I would hope that Louisville's not there yet. I know we've had a bad run, but we still won a national title a decade ago. We still had good teams after that. Like I think we're still a couple of years away from being like on that. Like just like Houston would have been on that list until the last five years mm-hmm. as a, a dead basketball brand. NC State's kind of there. I mean, I, I feel like I'm trying to think of like the best pro- programs that at one point in time were top 10, top 15 in the sport that are just now kind of okay, but but whatever brands. I mean, DePaul is definitely <laughs> they, they, you know, they had good. George Mike was a beast. They, they've had all Americans. They've been to Final Fours. Um, Georgetown, I feel like is, fits that category. I don't think we're there yet, but I'm also not so much of a homer that I can't recognize that we're trending in that way. We're flirting. And I don't like that. We've got to, we got to get things fixed here. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, more of your text, and then we'll flip the conversation a little bit. I'll bring up these uh, these transfer lists, and we will. Okay, I'm just making a good 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 note there. And we will uh, something else coming up after the break. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford show continues next here on 1459. Dig if you will the picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. The sweat of the body covers me. Can you, my darling? 
Trevor's not, Trevor's out of town, still getting creative with themes that fit what we've been talking about on the show. The man's an artist who works in mysterious ways. He's making it happen. All right, welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show, Friday edition. Hopefully your weekend is off to a fantastic start. I, I was thinking, too, it is holiday weekend. It's Good Friday. We've got uh, Holy Saturday tomorrow. We've got uh, Easter Sunday coming up. It means the end of Lent and I, I ended up not giving up anything, but what I was going to do, I don't know how Trevor wrote me into doing this, but like I had to, for at least once a week, take these asinine movie and TV suggestions that he has for me and like follow up on them. And I'm going to successfully have done none of that as we wrap up Lent here. I did, I did nothing. I, I didn't. He, all he asked me to do at the beginning was to watch the last episode of the second season of Only Murders in the Building. I didn't do it. Um, and, and like after a week when I realized I've got the NCAA tournament coming up, like I don't, I'm not watching any TV on my own. I'm definitely not going to watch Trevor's 1987 comedy suggestion that I've never heard of. Like I was like, this, this probably isn't going to happen. I don't even know. I, I don't think I even ever agreed to do this. I mean, if you didn't even give up anything for Lent, would Jesus really want you to take on something else that doesn't strengthen your faith? You know, thank you. you know, for, thank you for saying this. Yes. Yeah. That makes me feel better. I should have given up something, but I didn't. Uh, it's a little lot going on. I'm sorry. I'm big on just trying to do something extra. I probably should have. Yeah. I usually do, and this year we just we got no excuse, no excuses. Should have done something, but nothing I can do about it now. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll repent. I'll find I'll find some way to make it up. Uh, we've got uh, we got about an hour here. I, I did want to before we let the weekend. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that tomorrow. Is April 8th, 2023, which means it will be officially 10 years since Louisville cut down the nets and won the 2013 National Championship. Uh, I did a podcast today on the, the CC podcast with, uh, with Dan Snard, kind of sharing our thoughts, our memories from that entire season leading up to Atlanta and cutting down the nets. I thought, interesting, I, I, I'm interested to hear, Scoots for you. I mean, you, you're an IU fan. What are your memories of that, of that Louisville team, of that game? Were you into it? Were you, you know, were you rooting against the cards? What do you remember from that that weekend, that Final Four weekend, ten years ago? Uh, nothing. Nothing. That okay. was great. That was honestly, that was a. There's only about a peer, a year period in my life that I regret and just don't want to ever go back <laughs> to, and just like dark times. And that was that was right in the middle of that. We so. call that Trevor's off the grid era, which is longer than yours. I think it's like it's like oh, six, yeah. seven years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's fine. That's so, okay. Yeah, I, I truly, I don't remember hardly anything about that Final Four. I, did they, they played Michigan, right? They they won, they beat Michigan in the national title game. Okay, yeah. So I do, I do remember the championship game, but yeah, I don't, I couldn't tell you many details outside of that. And that's, that's not just with Louisville. I mean, that's, uh, my brain just does not remember sporting events well. I mean, I, I enjoy them in the moment and I appreciate them in the moment, but once they're gone and passed, they're kind of just out there. Nick and DJ do the thing on KRC all the time where they're like, remember that game in December December 12th in the 2013 season and we took on Auburn? And it's like, I, my brain just doesn't work like that with sports. I was thinking maybe you would have more of a firm grasp because Indiana was good that year. They were they were yeah. one seed. That's I mean, that's honestly, that's probably why I don't remember it because I just, Stopped once Indiana got, got yeah. booted out, it was so disappointing that I was like, I don't even know if I can watch basketball anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is, which yeah. is understandable, mm -hmm. but... I was thinking about like this time ten years ago. Like one, the best part about Final Four weekend, if you're going, is like for, for me at least. Besides the games themselves and the chance to celebrate something, something great. That Sunday, if you win, 
Because like you get that full Sunday just to like do whatever. Like you know you're looking forward to Monday. You're still riding high from the win the night before. Like and, and you, you know you're just gonna get like absolutely blitzed. And it was great. Like we went to party. Like I partied with with Jr. and Chris Smith. Like that was a lot of fun. We were, Where was it? It was in Atlanta. Okay. So like we had that whole day. Like and I was thinking like this time ten years. And I remember I had to because I was technically down there. I was supposed to be working, and I was working, but I also was having a, a good time while working. I knew it was in Atlanta. Dugan has a big banner in his office. Yeah. Yeah, he's got all the all the merch down there, all, all the of the goods. But it was, you know, I was 28. It was a time where it was easier for me to juggle business and, and pleasure. And so, like, I remember we're at this party for like U of L fans that Joey Widener put together, and I've got to like step out after an hour and a half of being there to like do a conference call. Where we're talking about our coverage for national championship Monday, and it's like very loud. Like Mary walks in, she like brings me a drink while I'm still on there, and I'm like, <laughs> a good story idea is how Michigan's not really a traditional force, and they were really good. The whole I was like, this I was like, am I really is this happening? This <laughs> this is great. This is wonderful. But it was a, a much different time for us right now. I, I do. I mean, it is. There was a part of me when Danny and I on the podcast today were sharing our memories, and we were talking about because we were at that perfect. Like we were. 27, 28 years old when this is happening. And it's a, it's the perfect age for, I think, your sports team to be really good and to follow them because, like, we've been working enough out of college to, like, where we could afford to go to, to buy tickets to, like, have a place to stay uh, and not, like, just, you know, when we went to the Orange Bowl when we were in college, we had, like, 17 dudes sleeping in, a, like, a budget hotel room because, you know, it's, it's what you could afford. It's what you could do. Mm-hmm. So we have that going for us. Like, we're, we're all kind of settled down, but nobody had kids. Um, nobody had like gigantic, like the type of commits that we have now is, is aging 30 year olds, 30 somethings. And it just, it was perfect to be able to go down there kind of on a whim, do it right. And just have it all happen. And I was thinking about when we were doing the podcast, like how many people are in that, that time in their lives, or maybe just a little bit before, just a little bit after. And like, this is the, the run of Louisville basketball that they've gotten. And that just, it sucks. Like, like it sucks for every age group. It sucks for me. It sucks for kids. It sucks for whoever. But like, I feel like you're missing out on those like formidable memories. And I think about I've got three nephews now that are all in high school. Uh, one's a senior. One's a sophomore. One's a freshman. And I thought I had it bad as a Louisville basketball fan growing up because like we went sixth grade was the year that we made the run to the Elite Eight where we we lost to North Carolina in '97. And then we didn't win another game in the NCAA tournament until my senior year of high school. Like we beat um, uh, Austin P, and then we lost to to Butler. And like I thought, you know, this is the worst thing ever. I missed out on the '80s. I missed out on the like the early '90s when we were still like really really good. Like my best two memories are two runs the second weekend as a six seed. And now I think about my nephews and like we intern Patrick comes in. Like he's like, yeah, I was in second grade when we won the national title. I've seen us win like four games in the NCAA tournament since and one game in the NCAA tournament since I was in like fifth grade, which is just like, it does suck. And I, I think that you, we talked to the texture of the question about Louisville becoming a quote unquote dead basketball program, which I, I think is you do. It, it becomes concerning the longer that you go without any sort of high level success. But I also fear like, that you lose a generation of fans that, or at least fans that just don't feel the same way about it as I did growing up. And as I think most people listening to this show did growing up because it's already harder to keep the attention of the new generation right now as is it just, there's more stuff to do. Like it's not, that's not even a knock on Gen Z or whatever the, the generation below them is called. It's just an acknowledgement that like, I mean, 
I used to sit around growing up and I'd watch baseball games. I'd sit there for like two and a half, three hours, just just watch a baseball game. You can watch like a full, like, like a full season of TV in the time it takes to sit there and watch a baseball game. You can play, you know, video games. You you can do all this stuff. There are so many different options for kids these days. And if you're not really, really, really good, I think it's tough to attract attention. And Louisville hasn't just been really, really, really good. They've just been downright bad the last few years. And, and it, it concerns me that, that we're going to get to a point where like 20 years from now, the the fans who are you know 18 now who are going to be my age then are just not going to feel as passionately about all of this as we have for, for all of our lives. And I just hope this thing can't get fixed soon enough. Like it, it just, and I think that's why you see all the emotions on both sides from Louisville fans. Everybody knows what needs to happen. This program needs to start winning at a high level very, very soon. And I think that there's, there's concern that it's not going to happen. In all fairness, sure. regardless of winning or losing, I think that's going to happen anyway. The next generation is just not going to be just, as Yeah, I mean, you it, might be right. The sports, I mean, the sports won't get phased out. But there's going to be less fans. I mean, you brought for the reasons you brought up. I mean, there's just so many other options. Kids are going to just concentrate on video games or concentrate on TV shows. Or there's there's not going to be the days of everybody like paying attention to everything. Like guys like you and I, just we we watch TV shows, we watch movies, we watch sports. Like that's I feel like that's going to get slowly phased out. I think you're right. I mean, I I definitely think that people they- will find like a specialized area of things to watch. And I do kind of wonder, like, is there a remedy for that? Like, I, I was, I was in this focus. I don't know. If focus group is the right word. Um, there was this thing that there's no way to say this without sounding like pompous. Like, there was a business first thing a few years ago where it was like 20 people to know in sports business, and and I was the only media member that got selected for it, which was cool. It was very cool. But like everybody else in this group was, there were marketing people, there were athletic directors, there were like heads of like little bats and, and soccer clubs and all this stuff and like one of their big conversations was and they always would look at me and i'm like i'm not that young like i, I was like 33 at this time i'm like i'm like see the hairline like it, it, i'm old like what do you want me to say but they would look at me and they'd be like their whole big focal point was how to target millennials and i guess this is before people were using gen z and they're like you know we're trying to do things where it's like phone app games and, and, and like nobody has any idea of how to tap into that this growing population uh, of younger people that just did not grow up having to watch sports because there was like seven things on to watch besides sports when you're when you're growing. Sports were the best option, and I just I think you're probably right. I, I think that there's going to be a drop off in intensity, even if Louisville wins like three national titles in three years. But the severity of it, I, I think, is going to be more extreme than it would have been otherwise. I, it's just you know, these are these are strange times. Now, if they do win three championships in twenty years, the fans that have obviously dwindled down in our in this hypothetical they're going to be loud i mean they're going to be just as loud if not louder than all the fans that are there now that potentially won't be in the future i i do because i i mean i wonder just from my perspective doing the website being active on, on social media doing the radio show i feel like like 10 years ago when i was covering louisville and times were good and all that stuff I knew like a lot of college kids were reading the website. Like a, a lot of kids would would interact with the site. A lot of high school kids would reach out and say like I, you know, I'm reading this during my, my free period. And I feel like it's happening far less frequently now. Like my my audience is still kind of the same. It's kids that were reading it in college back then that are still reading it now. And I don't know if that's like a sign of the times or if it's just like that's the way it is now. Like like college kids aren't they're inter- 
they want to they're watching TikTok. They're, they're they're using Instagram. Like they're not reading blogs. They're not interacting with 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 podcasts. They're not following sports. I'm like, is it me or is it just like that's the way it is for everybody? I just think the mindset has switched completely. I, I mean, it's right. it's people younger than us don't really care about your opinion anymore. No, no offense. For sure. I don't, I don't mean that no, in totally a right. derogatory way. They're just, they're so self-centered and ha- want to have their own opinions. They don't want to read what Joe Blow's writing about the Louisville Cardinals. They want to have their own opinions all based off of what they've watched. Well, it's easier to voice your own opinion. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like when we get you more attention. Yeah. If we wanted to be heard for something growing up, like there, there was no real outlet for like, it, it wasn't going to happen. Like I launched a a website in college, and that was like the only real avenue towards having like being somebody who could have a voice, who could have a you know something to say in, in the general conversation. And even then, like it took a long time. And now, you know, every kid can make TikTok videos. Like, mm-hmm. Every kid can post on on Instagram. They can you know you can be like I think that you know this sucks. And then like, if you're an attractive young female. Millions of people are gonna like that and hit you. And like, I, I do think there's probably something to be said for that. It's, there, it's it's becoming as a society, we're just becoming more lazy. Like, look at the emoji thing. Like, people are using emojis to say like whole sentences. People just don't want to read anymore. I do think like, I because I you always wonder what's coming next mm-hmm. as far as coverage. And you know, when I started doing blogs, it was the the, the big attraction there was brevity, right? Like you could. I would have lengthy, more just voice-driven stuff written from time to time. But for the most part, it was you're aggregating stories. You're giving people news and opinions in an easier-to-digest fashion. It's a quick, like, 300, 400-word read. That's what you're going for. And it's just it's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, then it's Twitter because you can get the news in a couple of tweets here. And now it's TikTok. You can find out news stories in 49-second little videos that have like quick little fun pop-ups. It's like pop-up video on VH1. And I think it's, it's just like that's always been what's next, at least for the last 10, 15 years. Something that is easier to consume and quicker to consume. And like, I mean, we're going to like what? How can it get shorter? Like at this point, like this is—I think we've reached the bare minimum. See, I do the thing where I will—I—I I will read long articles. Like I have no problem reading just the, the super longest articles. But I do the thing all the time where I have them open, and then I won't be able to finish the whole thing, so I'll close out of it, and then I'll open my phone or a web page two or three days later, and it's like, oh, there's that article I've that I never finished. Yeah. So I mean, I do that all the time. Uh, the Reds, by the way, have tied up the the Phillies game one. Come on, Tyler Stevenson, Trevor's boy. He's beasting. He is beasting. He had a, a nice little uh, shot to the gap to drive and run. Reds Phillies tied it too. Why is he Trevor's boy? Because he's got him in his fantasy team. <laughs> Tie game in the uh, I should have known. in the sixth inning. Yeah, it's the only reason why he cares about any Red. I <laughs> uh, will take a couple of texts here before the the break here. Texture says uh, in the list I saw, UVL did not reach out to Cryer. Well, that would be an Aaron judgment if that's what happened. Texas says, look, whoever that Trevor hater is needs to knock it off. My friend, second graders have been nuts. We had a full moon this week, first week back from spring break, and a low-pressure system indoor recess twice this week. I can't find that stupid tire gauge and the stupid tire pressure light on my car keeps coming on. Trevor makes me laugh. I'm sure Scoots is a lovely person, but I'm truly missing Trevor. I'll be gone after today, buddy. Don't you worry. Yeah, We started off the week on Monday and Tuesday, and we had a, a – not a rash, but a handful of texters who were like, the show's better without Trevor. Trevor, he's talking too much. Now we can at least talk sports and stay focused. And I told you, I was like, you guys, you say this now. You're going to get sick of just hearing a lot of me 
for like three, and you're going to be asking for Trevor. And sure enough, by the end of the week, the last two days, people yep. have been like, we need Trevor back. <laughs> Texas Mike has given up uh, drinking and sugar for at least a year now. Is that not good enough? I think that that's, that's a good point. Wait, is that true? Yeah, I, I had to because the all the long COVID stuff. Um, you I, haven't drank or had sugar I, in a year? Sugar, I've had a little, I've had to do a little, because I, Sugar was harder for me to give up than caffeine or alcohol. Well, you get the natural sugar because you eat fruit. And also, like, it's impossible to find food that doesn't have some sugar in it. Yeah. Like, like any, even like the healthiest meals. But for a while there, like it, like last summer, I went cold turkey and all this. I, I did like what they told me to do, what these people who had been through the same thing told me to do. And like, it was, I mean, I went from, I weighed about 180 pounds when I got sick. I weighed 147 at one point. Like I lost Whoa. 33 pounds. And First of it, like I didn't change anything at first. It was like just insane weight loss, and then it was more about like I just couldn't eat. I had no appetite, and I've thankfully gained. I, I kept saying like, I wish I could be fat and healthy again. Like I've gained. I'm back to like 165, which is is probably good for me. But the I've not had a drop of alcohol since for almost a year. Good for you. Well, it's but it's not like it's not like I'm doing it for my betterment. I'm doing it because it made me feel like I couldn't get out of bed when I had. Do you like, not drink. feel better? Because I always hear that with alcohol, people who quit drinking it, so they just feel so much better. No, because I, I still like it hasn't helped. Like I've got all these other symptoms that aren't really affect. It just it basically keeps me functional. Hmm. Um, not because when I like when I hit like kind of like rock bottom with the all the long coat when it first like came like full born. It was after a night of drinking last year before Derby. And, like, I just thought, like, maybe I just drank too much, like, whatever. And then I started reading all this stuff. And they're like, it, the alcohol, for whatever reason, just makes all this stuff flare. Hmm. And I, so I, I took a few weeks off. And I was like, yeah, surely like, we went to a wedding. And I had, like, a couple of drinks. And I, I couldn't get out of bed the next day. Like it, so that, that was my last sign. The caffeine, I brought back coffee in, like, last, last fall. And it was doing okay. I could have, like, one cup. I used to, because, I mean, I used to drink, like, four cups a day. And I'd come in here. I'd have Jeez. one during the show. Um, but I had I could have one with breakfast, and that was just nice, just because I, I like coffee so much. And then I we got we all got COVID again, and after like two weeks after that, it started making me feel the same way again and flaring all these symptoms up. But sugar, I've I've been, I, I found that I can have some sugar and be okay. I, I will feel like crap after I eat for a few hours, but that's just it's it's worth it for me. Hmm. But yeah, alcohol. I'm coming up on a full year without any alcohol, which is kind of crazy. And caffeine. I'm hoping I've been feeling better the last like several weeks so i'm hoping i can reintroduce it coming up maybe in like a week i was initially targeting the ncaa tournament but i'm hoping i can bring it back uh pretty soon texas i was listening that day mike definitely promised to watch tk show each week for lent disgraceful (laughs) i don't think i did i don't think i did i don't think that's what happened um i think trevor just said that texas i was in peyton's orientation group at uofl our tournament run was like a dream peyton's the man Peyton, I mean, you talk about guys that were that are as nice as you want them to be. Peyton is in that in that group for sure. He's just a super nice person. Texas, I don't agree with you guys. We had way more entertainment options 20 years ago compared to 100 years ago. Yet sports grew in prominence over that time. Why would it follow a different pattern going forward? Well, sports were part of the entertainment options 20 years ago. I mean, it's unpredictable. We're just doing our best here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we had, yeah, we, sports were a huge deal a hundred years ago. They were a huge deal 20 years ago, but uh, like something else will fall by the wayside. Like, I mean, I, it just, the technological advances have changed everything. I, I think you can't compare the advance, the, the difference in society from, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but for, from 1930 to 1980 compared to like the change between 1980 and now, I feel like it's, it's leaps and bounds. I feel like the technology changed everything about the way that we 
interact, the way that we consume things that we like. Um, it's, it's, it has altered everything. Um, and I, it makes sense that it would alter what young kids like going forward. I mean, they, they've never lived without technology. Do you feel that with sports, we get less record-breaking stuff now? Is that is that a thing, or am I just making that up in my head? I think like the records have become are becoming harder and harder to break, which I think could also turn some people off. Maybe I mean I I think that we we're also like there's there's so few things that amaze us anymore because even if you I mean think about like a crazy highlight that happens in a game in some obscure high school like thirty years ago, twenty years ago. We never would have seen that unless somebody had a v, like a VHS sure. tape of it and pulled a sports center. If anything happens anywhere now, we see it within an hour of it happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, like I always talked about in 2019, the Zion Williamson phenomenon, college basketball. If you wrote anything about Zion, it did a billion page views. And people were like, why? It's because he was so unique. In a time where there, was, there, there are so few things that we haven't seen before, he had this weird body and like was able to do things with this weird body that you just didn't expect anybody to be able to do. Uh, I think that's why like there, there's such an attraction to anything like that. You just nothing surprises us anymore. Nothing shocks us anymore. But I mean, I think you saw like you know like Aaron Judge hitting 62 last year was such a big deal because that was a record that even though it wasn't the major league record and it wasn't technically you know it was we made a big deal of it because it was a record that we were kind of nostalgic about because mm-hmm. it was such a huge deal in the 90s. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, it seems like there's a new like, track and field. You said, like, there's a new fastest person in the world every five years or so. It's just. That's true. That's the one exception. Did you see the uh, record Otani broke the other night? In, in a losing effort as, again? Uh, I don't I don't know if they won or lost, but he became the first player to have a pitching violation and a batting I violation. Did see, yeah, I saw that. It was. I was laughing about it the other night. It was almost like he was in the mindset of these Americans and their stupid records. <laughs> Let me. What's the dumbest one I can go out and break? Let me do that because they'll talk about me. I did see in his first pitching performance, he did the thing where it was like, um, I think he was the first person to clock some amount of like 100 mile an hour pitches or whatever, and his team lost one nothing, which brings like every Jeez. single Angels game is the day where he's setting a record, Trout setting a record, and yet they're losing somehow like five to three that's just it's what they do um texas tk hater here but mike definitely said he would watch whatever trevor wanted him to for lent but tk is definitely abusing the power and not taking mike's schedule with two kids into account i guess i did say it but i i regret it now instantly (laughs) you didn't mean it i wasn't going to (laughs) texas mike your son resembles a young tk it's kind of scary it's been it's been brought up before it has he, he not, Does that not creep you out? Because when I hear that on the radio and you all are bantering <laughs> back and forth, kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. But it, but it's true. Like he he did at first. He, he doesn't as much anymore because he's you know, he's he doesn't he doesn't look as much like Trevor anymore. He's gotten he's gotten bigger. I think he's looking more like a combination of he's getting bigger. He should look more like Trevor. He looks more like me now, which is the fact that I'm still seeing the Trevor comparisons. I'm like, do I look like Trevor? What's what's, <laughs> what's happening here? Long lost brothers. Maybe Texas. I like Trevor and Scoots anyway to have them on. Is there any way to have them on at the same time? You guys have done shows before together, right? Like where you've been doing um, at the same time. Very little. I guess that makes sense because when one of you is producing, the other one yeah. is not. It, the the best example would be like when you all are on remote. Yeah, that's right. That's probably it. I I feel like I remember a few shows four or five years ago that we were on together. But Trevor's more he's more boisterous. You think 
He's more <laughs> sending things off the rails. I'm more of a sit back, listen, and then if I have something to say, chime, chime in. in. Which yeah. is that's typically how it's supposed to go, <laughs> but we do things unorthodox here. It's okay. I was thinking, break when we come back, we got about half an hour left. We are wrapping up at 5:30 today, so keep it locked right here. Last segment of the week for the Mike Rutherford Show is on the way next here on the Big X. Ready for it? Is that your ass or your mama half reindeer? <laughs> Trevor hates this song, and I love it. I'm like, it's the best lyrical song of, of, of the early 2000s. It's great. Put your brains at collect so much grass, popo thinking we mow lawns. It's a fantastic song. <laughs> Welcome in five o'clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford Show on 1459. It's the Big X. Happy Good Friday to you. Hopefully your weekend is off to a fantastic start. Uh, and you're going to have some fun with the family. It is now. You karaoke for it. You're damn right. Is that yeah? <laughs> so your mama half reindeer. Scary scene at Augusta just now. Uh, I guess about half an hour ago. Two large pine trees fell. I showed you the video. That was uh, wild. Like High winds there. They've had to suspend play again. But uh, apparently nobody was hurt. But this was like a huge uprooted tree that just, just fell. Uh, camera caught it on one of the, the app feeds. They got enough cameras around there. Should have caught it. I know. It's funny because you see the video, and I guess the commentary is referring to, like, one of the other screens. So, like, this gigantic tree falls. All of these people are scattering, and this guy is, like, shoffly here looking at a similar putt on 11. Like, just <laughs> like just does not hesitate at all. Uh, he just continues to call the action. But suing the Masters would be kind of fun. Yeah. If you, I mean, if I got, like, a scrape, that'd be cool. I don't know. Tra- trauma. I, maybe you could get something out of that. But it sounds like nobody was hurt, thankfully. But that would have been that would have been. I mean, if you're not going to win the Powerball, then you might (laughs) as well just find somebody to sue. This is the next step. But uh, so play has been suspended for a second time today. We're still dealing with a leaderboard that has uh, Brooks Kepka at 12 under par. John Rahm is now tied for second place with the amateur Bennett at eight under par. I I would love to see Rahm make. I mean, Kepka Rahm would be a very attractive final pairing going into the weekend. You still got some other big names up there. Colin Morikawa, six under. Is there anything least attractive than freaking Kepka running away with this thing? I, that's what I don't want to happen. I want like, him to geez. at least be threatened here. Because yeah. this is, I mean, also you're fighting for the PGA's good name here, folks. Like, you know, you gotta, can't let the live golfer come in here and just right. run away with this thing. It's embarrassing. Don't give Greg Norman the satisfaction. Exactly. I mean, you, you, Spieth is still up there in, in consideration. He, he's 500 par along with Jason Day. Uh, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland is, is on the course still. He's still got just started his back nine. He is six under par after starting the day at seven under. Cam Young is there at five under. Uh, Phil Mickelson is four under. Uh, let's see. Uh, Justin Rose is, is four under. You got some big names up there. It has a, the, the potential to be a very, very good weekend, but we just we can't let Brooks run away with this thing. We can't let, let it become a boat race. Can't happen. All right. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier. We have gotten to the point now where we do this annually. Everybody knows about recruiting rankings. That's one thing. But the transfer portal has become so ubiquitous. It's become such a huge thing in college sports that now we have transfer portal rankings everywhere. And as far as Louisville is concerned right now, we have one transfer. We're hoping to add more. But Sky Clark, if we're looking at where he stands on these various rankings, uh, the two that I've seen that have been the most just, I guess, well done, that have been the most 
diligently done. 24-7 sports has Sky Clark at number 54. Um, they rank the top 75 players. The Athletic, Sam Vecini and company, they rank, I believe, the top 100. They have Sky Clark at 52. And here's what they have to say. like They actually, uh, the 24-7 sports, they just write about the, the top 20 players. They write about every player on this. Sam is, I mean, Sam writes stories that are like 8 million words long. It's unbelievable. But he says, Clark has the game to be a really good scorer at the college level. The jump shot looks good. He can knock it down off the dribble or catch. He shot a solid 41.9% off the dribble in 13 games per synergy. The sample size is small, but the stroke looks legit. He's got some wiggle and speed with the ball in his hands. He's built well, too, equipped to get into the paint and finish around big bodies. He's more of a combo guard than a true point guard, though. He's built to score. He wasn't quite ready to run a team as a freshman and had just as many turnovers as assist, 27 with both. He took a leave of absence for personal reasons in early January and then left the Illini program shortly thereafter. He needs some seasoning, but the package is there to be a big scorer at some point. He'd be he'd best fit in a system that can utilize his abilities off the bounce. So now he talks about the the fit with Louisville. Louisville just needs guards. You guys heard about this? Have you seen this? So far, Kenny Payne. So for Kenny Payne to go into the portal early and pick up a former five-star guard in Clark is a terrific outcome and one that will hopefully lead to more efficient offense in 2023-24. Even if Clark ends up settling in more as a combo guard, and then the team need and the team needs to find one more of a true point guard. Just having another shot creator and ball handler out there would be immensely beneficial because the Cardinals just simply did not have enough of that this past season, which I think is a fair rundown. If you're wanting to compare this to someone else of note, Sky Clark is 52 on these transfer portal rankings. Kamari Lands, who had a rough season here, is 48. Whoa. Vassini's got him four spots above Sky Clark, uh, who's going to Arizona State now. Talks about him being a, a solid fit. Talking about him having a high upside. Talks about him just being a better fit in an offense that is more free-flowing and that has more to it. Um, so there's that. If we're looking also at guys that Louisville maybe has a shot with, because I don't know if you've heard of this, we need guards. Hunter Dickinson is number one on this list. T- uh, Tyler Perry, who Louisville has been in contact with from North Texas, is number two. I remain of the belief that he's probably going to follow Grant McCaslin, his coach from North Texas, to Texas Tech, but he has not made anything official yet, so we'll see. Ryan Nemhard, who we previously mentioned, the point guard from Creighton, is at number three. This is a guy, I mean, if I'm Kenny Payne, I'm going all in. Whatever NIL money you've been using for for you know Flowers and Evans and, and Sky Clark, double it for Nemhard. Do whatever you can to get him here. I don't know if we have a fighting chance. But he would be very good. Jalen Cook is number four on this list. He just committed today to uh, LSU. And Matt McMahon, another coach that uh, was interested in the Louisville job who we chose not to. And I think a lot of people compared Kenny Payne to Matt McMahon early in the season because LSU was like 12-1 and or 13-1. and They ended up finishing last in the SEC. They need to bolster that roster significantly. Cook will go a long way towards accomplishing that. Ace Baldwin from VCU is number five on the list. He's a guard. He's got two years of eligibility. Max Acemas. Oral Roberts, gigantic score. One year of eligibility left. He's number six on the list. Steven Ashworth, they announced the Utah State transfer, one of the best shooters in the country. They announced today his list. Louisville has not contacted him. I don't know if it's because we have no shot, but we have not reached out. J.J. Starling from Notre Dame, he's taken. He's number eight on the list. He's going to to Syracuse. Uh, L.J. Cryer, who we just mentioned, number nine from Baylor. Fits, checks every box you could want but apparently does not have Louisville on his list. 
And then number 10 is Jaden Bradley, the guard from Alabama, who left after he got his name kind of got caught up in the whole shooting fiasco. There was the, the story about him being there. He says he wasn't. Um, regardless, he's a very good talent. He's a 6'3 guard. He's got three years of eligibility remaining. Wherever he goes, he will play a huge role. So, again, the names that you can keep reading down, TJ Bamba from Washington State, who's a, a six foot five wing. There are guards everywhere. There, there is no short. There is my point is this: if the roster this year winds up looking like the roster last year, and we're sitting there and we're saying, we knew we needed guards, we didn't get guards, or we didn't get good enough guards. There's really no excuse for it. Like that, this is. Eh, I'm kind of on the other side of that. How so? So last year they did have an excuse because they didn't know what to expect with Kenny. Now you're in a situation where you're trying to convince these guys to come play for a program that just won four games. I mean, that is an excuse. It's going to be really hard to recruit him. He was brought here to, to be a master recruiter, though. Like that's that's kind of the whole thing when yeah, you hire but a coach I, who's never been a head coach before. I think teams or I think players would look at past seasons' success or failures and see that four in the win column, and that's instant. Like I'm scared to go there. You know what I mean? Well, if that's like, the case, what, then we're screwed forever. Where where's the proof that this can be turned around? That's but that that's on the head coach. Like that that's yeah. his ability. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, this is like again, there was a give and a take with bringing Kenny Payne in here. The give was like he's he's never been a head coach before. We are a program at Louisville that is is proud. We've we've had two Hall of Fame coaches out of our last three coaches. Like this is a big top tier job, and to hire somebody who's never done this before is. It's strange. It's unique. Mm -hmm. But the, the the take, what you're supposed to be getting in return, is the fact that this guy was going to land every player that was out there. He was going to bring in the type of talent that we've never seen before. And to his credit, he's brought in a top five recruiting class in limited time in his second year. But that alone doesn't get it done anymore. You've well, got what to is, go get guys in the transfer portal. What is he selling to them? What can he sell to them to get them on campus? You know? I mean, what he needs to sell Like, is, just have faith in me? Is that is that really all he can go with? Whatever he was trying to sell people before, like I, I'm going to get you to the NBA, I, I'm going to get you what you want, and also if it's more of a if you're going after these career guards, these, these college career guards that if they were better they'd be in the NBA already, but they're really good college players, the guys that are winning national championships right now. You sell them on on Louisville. You sell them on the fact that look, we have a we've had a dismal couple of seasons. We still play in front of the most one of the most rabid basketball fans in all of America. Look, Louisville didn't make the NCAA tournament this year. They had four wins. Kentucky was out in the second round. Louisville was the highest market for every single round of the NCAA tournament. Nobody cares about college basketball the way this area cares, even when the team is abysmal. We play in basically an NBA arena. Every single year, we're playing the best teams in the country because we're in the ACC, and we're playing with the biggest spotlight in America because we have the best TV contract with ESPN. You want to come play Duke? You want to come play North Carolina? You want to play come play Kentucky? We're playing them every single season. You will be talked about. We played nationally televised games last year as a four-win team. Sure. I think that's what you sell. I, I think you sell the fact that you are a superstar in a relatively large city. Like this, there are there are reasons why a kid would still choose to come to Louisville. And I think you try to sell them on the rebuild. You sell them, look, we got this top five class coming in, but they can't do it alone. We're going to be really good. If you want to expedite that process, come here, be a superstar for us. Look at what Damian Lee did in his one season here. He's in the NBA. Look at what Carly Jones did his one season here. Like they both had success and then they went on and they turned that into being, we, we this program took them to where they wanted to go, where Drexel couldn't take them, where Radford couldn't take them. You can be next in line. We we talked earlier about how 
the country as a whole is becoming more lazy. But I think the same could be said when it comes to patience. And I don't know. Oh, no question. I don't know how many people or how many kids these days would be like, oh, you, they hear the word rebuild and it's going to be instant. Yeah, I'm out. Not not trying to go down that road, you know. Well, I think what you say is it, it's a rebuild in terms you want to speed it up. Like I think you can also point to examples and say, look, Kansas State had three straight losing seasons. They were picked last in the Big 12 going into last year. Mm-hmm. They got the right mix of transfers, the right mix of guys who got better as time went on, almost went to a Final Four. Uh, Iowa State won two games one year. They went to the Sweet 16 the next year. Like This thing can be, with the right mix of talent, this thing can be turned around the snap of a finger. It's just a matter of finding a couple of guys who are willing to buy into that, who are willing to say, look, like, like we got young players that can be good, but they can't do it on their own. They can't carry the ship right now. I can steer that ship. Let's make it happen. Well, and maybe the coaching staff does what you just did. I mean, you point to other programs that were in similar situations and how they turned it around. I they think, got those pieces. I, mean, I think you also, and, and look, there's no other way to say this other than just come out and say it. Like, Louisville's got NIL money. Like, every time I talk, I've talked to the people that have run these collectives that are instrumental in the NIL stuff, and they're all like, Kenny Payne has a pool of money. He's got a, he has a, a large sum of money to work with right now. Got to use it. Like, like there's, there's blew there's, it all on the Africa trip. I mean, maybe. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I don't know how much. Come back empty-handed. I don't know how much was used to to to. Because I mean, Trenton Flowers, when we first got in on his commitment, like on his recruitment, the notion was out there that he's going to go to North Carolina. Like that was he was a heavy lean. I don't know if it was all the guys coming back, if it was the loaded recruiting class, or or what. But in the the blink of an eye, it switched from he's going to UNC to like he's coming here and he's reclassifying. He's going to be on the team next year. I. I assume NIL played some role in that. I think it, it played a role with Sky Clark. I think it played a role with with Dennis Evans. If if you use it there, like gotta use it in the transfer portal. Like like that's we have a not insignificant amount of money to work with. You've got, I mean, because again, like if he doesn't get two or three really impactful players out of the portal, it's hard for me to foresee like this being good enough to justify him getting a third year. Yeah. I would love to be wrong, but it just the roster as it stands right now is not there. It's got to be bolstered. I think he knows that. I think everybody knows that. And thankfully, you've got a, a large pool of talent out there to work with. You've got guys that you can go get. Um, you just you've got to go. Get. I mean, Caleb Love is twenty first on this list. Like they are, there are players everywhere. You've. It's one thing to go get him, but you also have to prove that you've got the goods as a coach. That is cry. That is crazy that Caleb Love flirted with the NBA after his freshman year. Now he's. Number twenty one on the transfer list. Yeah, I mean That's he crazy. Just, yeah, he had a very up and down, up and down year. I'm curious to see how he does next season uh, at Michigan. We got about ten minutes left before we get get out of here today. Uh, we'll take some text here before we do that. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texas says the seven newcomers on our team next year have a combined eighteen games of experience. The only one of those guys that I have any faith in is Caleb Glenn. Combine those guys with James, JJ, and BHH, and you pretty much have last year's team. So if KP doesn't get three studs out of the portal, and I don't think he will, aren't we in trouble? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of what we were just saying. Like, if we don't get big guys out of the portal, big time players that can help us immediately, yeah, I think that we are in trouble. There's, there's no question about it. Um, I don't know that. I, I'm guessing um, maybe, maybe Trenton Flowers is, is a one and done talent who's just mis, misranked. Uh, maybe Dennis Evans is further along offensively than anybody gives him credit for maybe sky clark is a all-american and waiting we just we haven't seen it yet but that seems it seems like the, the types of things that we were trying to tell ourselves this time a year ago when it came to players 
Um, Texas Scoots, what are your thoughts on Shallow Hell? I like Shallow Hell. I've never seen it. Trevor, Trevor is dying for me to watch Shallow oh, Hell. Oh, so you're not a hater. I, I thought you were a Shallow Hell hater. No, I've just never seen it. Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. You Trevor, should watch it. But Trevor's like, you got to watch Shallow Hell. And I'm like, Trevor. I, I mean, it's not like must-watch movie, but exactly. it's, it's good. I'm like, I... If you ever see it on, it's on FXX a lot. If you see it on there, just, just tune her in. I don't have time to watch much TV now. Exactly. I, I'm not going to take two hours to go watch a comedy from 2001 that I didn't really care that much about. Luckily, since it came out in 2001, the comedies were closer to 90 minutes, so that saves you 30. There you go. That, that does help. Texas, I like the idea of Scoots and Trevor together because sometimes I can't handle the UK clowns in the AM. Well, that's not very nice. They're not clowns. <laughs> we love them. No, they're clowns. They're great guys. <laughs> Texas, the tire ga- gauge lady sounds crazed and battered by her second graders today talking nonsensically like Jay Peterman in Burma or Trevor amidst his Vision Quest holiday. I feel sorry for her husband. He'll pay the price. I think that is the husband. We have we have a couple that text will text about each yeah. other onto the show line. I think that's Tyra Gage's husband. I could be wrong. <laughs> Texas Waltz absolutely needs to go out and get Lauren Betts. He needs to get a lot of players. we got eight spots left. Has to happen. Texas, that movie was on last night. Haha, <laughs> perfect. I don't know <laughs> if that was Shallow Hell or a different movie. We haven't talked about a different movie, have we? I don't know. That was from 15 minutes ago. I don't know if we were on something else. Well, we didn't bring up Shell Al at that point. Texas says, uh, just now listening to the CC podcast, Mike, you sound like you quite literally opened your eyes in the morning and pressed record. Did I sound that bad? My voice has been raspy this week. I don't know. I've had a terrible cough uh, all week long. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But I've been up for a little bit before we started recording. Maybe you're turning into the male Fran Drescher. God, I I feel like it. (laughs) I like the voice. Texas KP was a good recruiter when you uh, paid players under the table, not when you pay them a- above, and it's a it's above board. Um, I don't know, maybe. They're still under the table. Th- Payments there's, happening. There's always going to be a way to skirt the rules. Yeah. Th- and whether it's tampering, which I think is happening everywhere. I mean, oh, yeah. Right now, just, there are no rules, which is why it's just it's, it's a total free-for-all. It well, it's, it's almost like this whole nil thing starting and the transfer portal at the same time is – how are you going to police this? And now they're at the issue where how do they police tampering? Because that is, I, I believe that is a rampant issue going on right now. For sure. I mean, I mean, and there's, the NCAA is basically, they're trying to do the thing where it's like, you guys wanted this. Now it's, you know, our hands are, and it's like, no, like police, we, people wanted this, but you were supposed, you had like seven years to see this coming to create some form of bylaws that were going to help this. And you just chose not to until the courts forced your hand. And now here we are. And yeah, it, it is a total. Fr- Eventually, there will be some rules put in place. And I think starting it with having a transfer portal window was, was a good first step. But they're going to have to do a little bit more because it is just it's it's a little bit out of hand. Uh, the, the movie the person was referring to was uh, Bad Boys 2. Oh, that's, that's what the right. song's Yeah, from. okay. Nelly, Diddy, Murphy. <laughs> it's, it's a great song. It's a good movie. <laughs> Not as good as Bad Boys. Texas says, Scoots, uh, he doesn't get to use, quote, it's hard to recruit because I performed poorly as an excuse. He can't recruit because of that. If he can't recruit because of that, he should have been fired year one. Um, I'm not saying he can. I was just, I was more asking, like, what what do you sell in regards to Louisville? How how are you getting guys on campus? If it, if it becomes a thing where people aren't going to play here because the team was so bad the year before, then, it, then you're just in a vicious cycle because then it's like, how the hell do we ever get out of this? We can't get anybody to play for us because we won seven games the year before. I mean, that it's would not be gonna get good. That would be my mindset if I was a recruit. I'm not even going to entertain going to a place that just is coming off a four-win season. I think you have to find kids that are... It takes a special kind. You, I mean, like Marquise Noel goes to Kansas yeah. State. And Give like, the kids that want a challenge. You also have to find a kid that maybe other schools 
don't think is as good as you do. Mm-hmm. Like diamonds in the rough. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've look talent evaluation is a big deal. I mean, we all kind of Rick Pitino's biggest misses here. His biggest faults as a head coach were his, his recruiting. And I'm not talking about the the cheating or anything like that. He didn't recruit that well here. He didn't recruit as well as you should have been the way that. But he was able to identify talent that he that fit what he wanted to do. And then he was the the best molder of talent that I, I've ever seen in college basketball. If Kenny Payne can't do the same types of things with talent, which is why I think a lot of people are so nervous about the first year. Everybody agrees that the talent level wasn't where it should be for Louisville. But if you can't make the most, most out of a bad situation, or if you're making the most out of a bad situation is four wins, I, I think it it makes you nervous about how much he can do if he does have the best talent in college basketball. Because, look, the expectation is to win a national title here. And if you're, you know, we had, we still had five top 100 players. They may have had bad attitudes. They may have had whatever, but like he could not get them into anything resembling a cohesive unit at any point last season. And so now it's like, okay, if we get a lot better players, is our ceiling 21 wins, 22 wins? Because that's not, that's just not good enough here. We'll find a lot. Again, we won't know the answers to any of these questions until they start playing actual games next fall, which is frustrating. And up uh, until then, we can just talk. Texas says, that just shows how much UK fans are in Louisville. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Texas says, uh, bring up Dingus Day. We brought up Dingus Day yesterday. We did. Yeah. So are you still, still don't know what it is. I still don't really either. <laughs> Texas, are you still doing fantasy golf? Yes. Uh, I, I've got a team in a contest that's not doing very well. Uh, the team that I, the, the league that I do with Danny, we've won two tournaments so far. We had uh, Corey Connors last week who won. Man, he fell apart today. Did he? Jeez. I haven't even seen. I knew he was. I think he was five over when I left the house. Yeesh. Had like four or five holes left. Uh, Danny, it was his pick this week. I advised him against picking Justin Thomas. He picked Justin Thomas anyway, who's, he's kind of, he's, he's just, he's okay. He's not, not great right now. He's doing fine. Texas says, what you sell them if they're a guard is all the uh, damn available PT. There's no damn guards in the roster. Again, they can ball out here. There's no excuse to get players now. None. PT is a good one. I don't know if you've heard this. We don't have we don't have many guards. We've got a guard problem. You need some. This is going to be the whole thing this summer again. <laughs> it was a joke last week or last year. It's going to continue. Texas, now all I can picture is Scoots with an Amazon. Come on. <laughs> nice. Sign me up. Great response. <laughs> Texas says, you talked about cards in the tourney. Why do they always put KY schools on the same side and in the first round of the NCAA bracket? It does seem like they do that. Like There have been a lot of times where like, like UK's played Western or UK played or UofL's played. UofL's played more twice in the last 15 years in the first round. Um, UK played NKU at least once. Uh, I don't know. It just the way it, the way it works out. Geography, I guess. Texas says, uh, my bad, I missed it. Thanks, y'all. It's a weird Polish Catholic holiday known as Wet Monday is Dingus Day. That means you drink a lot. Great. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Dingus, uh, do you have any predictions for the Masters this weekend? What do you expect to happen now as we have this leaderboard that has a lot of big names on it, but Brooks Kepka is four shots clear of second place at the moment? So Brooks Kepka is on the live tour, as we know. Uh, they only play 54 holes Ooh, on the live tour, like as we know. So Brooks Kepka will falter on Sunday. I don't, I don't know when it'll happen, but he will falter. Brooks Kepka will not win the Masters. I don't know who it's going to be. I, I want to think like a guy like John Rahm, just because I got a bet on him. He'll come back and win. I, he dropped but I said it. this morning Hovland, but Hovland had a really bad day. He did. Rahm now, before play suspended, he, he, he birdied. So he's now alone in second place at 9-under. 
Uh, three shots back, but he's got the full back nine to play. Yeah. To wrap up the second round. Feeling good. He let go of a vicious F-bomb, too. On a Did he? The par, par, it was one of the par threes with the big ridge. Uh, and, like, he spun it back. And it was like, oh, is he going to stay up? Is he, and it starts to go down. And he just, just belted out, uh, which was wonderful. See, that's the difference between him and Tiger. Tiger missed a putt earlier. And he just mouthed it. You, 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 he didn't say it at all. You could just read his lips that he said it. It was a vicious, vicious. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Jordan Spieth gets himself back into contention somehow. This uh, this one. He's won the wow. last three tournaments on, on Sundays that have ended on Easter Sunday. I've heard that. That's crazy. Uh, I, I think he's going to get back in contention. Yeah, they, they brought that up on the broadcast Did yesterday. They? Some, somebody told me that Jordan yeah. Spieth's really good on Easter he's Sunday. Gonna keep, he's going to yeah, keep having All weekend. I think John Rahm's going to win. I think it's going to end hope. up being Rahm and Kepka. Final Sunday. I like your your note about the live. I think that's a a good thing to remember. I think eventually Brooks is going to crack a little bit. John Rom wins this tournament. All right. Here's everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. I'm off to Disney on ice here shortly. It's going to be great. Having a, have a good Easter to all who celebrate. Have a great Masters weekend to all who watch. And we'll see you guys on on Monday. Happy weekend to you.